up and welcome back to bar down talking hockey episode number 101 my name is Vinny parisi and i was destroyed by austin matthews last night and this right here this is frankie mueller and his hopes of getting connor bedard go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth every single day frank how you doing fantastic how you doing good i bring up connor bedard a lot well within good reason it's gonna be a I big man so. this year it's a year of connor bedard so I think so, but when I said it just now, you know, the intro goes here and there as we do. But I I do wonder if people are going to get Bedard fatigue and be like, you know what, F this guy, let's get Fantilli. But I really, like, I watch highlights from the Regina Pats every night they play, and, like, this dude does something. Imagine if he's the biggest bust in NHL history. I'm trying to think. That's actually a really good point. We could we could talk about that for a second here before we get into period one. I'm sure we'll have plenty. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm <laughs> absolutely fucking positive that we will have plenty of Connor Bedard conversation over the next couple months. Um, I'm trying to think where he would rank if he stunk in the NHL. I honestly think there's a chance that he is the biggest bust of all time if maybe in sports. I mean, I'm trying to think. No. The Astros took Mark Appel first overall, and the Cubs got Chris Bryant second, who ended up being a rookie of the year, National League MVP, World Series champion. I mean, I'm pretty sure the Astros are doing okay because they've won two World Series since drafting Mark Appel first overall. I don't even know who that is. Exactly. He played like one MLB game, and it was last year with the Phillies. Like he retired from baseball after like two years after. Uh, thank you, Paula. The mustache that's staying for all of March. Um, I uh, I almost said Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who's a beauty. He was the number one overall pick. It was uh, Neil Yakupov. I was thinking of. He's got to be up there on the list. Uh, old football fans would remember Ryan Leaf. Uh, he stunk. Um, there was another one in football. I'm forgetting. Raiders. I don't know. There are a lot of busts, but I mean, people are talking about Connor Bedard the way they talk about Connor McDavid. It I mean, feels impossible. I, I think so too, because like, even if he's a 60, 70 point player in his career, people would call that a bust, but that's a very good player. Yeah. But it would be considered a bust. I, I, yeah. People got 100 point expectations for this guy. I know. I know. I won't use the word bust unless you like stink, stink. That's just my personal rule against using the word bust. Like, you're not a bust if you're a 70-point player. What if he had, like, 50 points? That's still a upper-end NHL player. It's an above-average player. Because, like, his expect- for number one, for the number yeah. one overall. Okay, his expectations became a bust. If he goes in, like, the second round, then 50-point score is not a bust. But because he's going first pick first, over- first overall, to me, that's a bust. Yeah. 
Oh, to me, it's granted exceptional status. And then, or no, not, he actually was granted generational status. Yeah. I, I, I do get what you're saying. I do think first overall picks could be 50 point guys and not a bust, not Bedard though. Right. I like, uh, what's a lower end for like, he sure's, he sure is an amazing player. And he's like one of the lower point totaled first overall picks in a while. What he's about have like, 80 points. Yeah, but what about Slavkovsky? Slavkovsky's in year one and he's been hurt. Like I but, I, like, but if he's but if he ends up going on to be like his ceiling's like 70 points, that's not a bust. No. Because yeah. nobody really expected him to go number one. Yeah, I agree with that. And like Bedard got a hundred points the same day Connor McDavid got a hundred points this season, November the seventh mm-hmm. or February the seventh, excuse me. But like I don't know, I'm very, I'm very mindful of when I use the B word because <laughs> I, I I waited a while to call Mitch Trubisky a bust. He's a bust. He's not a good NFL player. But if I'm trying to think, Alexis Lafreniere, there are people calling him a bust underperforming underwhelming sure a bust he's got 15 goals where was he drafted what number he was, was first overall Lafreniere. He was first he was first it went Lafreniere Byfield Stutzla if that draft were redone Stutzla would probably go one um I could see why people say he's a bust yeah uh, I, I just I don't agree with using bust that loosely I guess that's my – and people use the word generational too usely, loosely too. Jack Hughes is not a generational player. Nathan McKinnon is not a generational player. They are elite, superstar, top ten players. There's one generational player in the NHL right now. His name is also Connor. Oh, Sidney Crosby. And I, I – okay. Sidney Crosby and Alexander Ovechkin are generational talents as well. First overall pick. One's going to be the goal-scoring champion. One's going to have close to 2,000 points. They lived up to their expectations, but Malkin wasn't generational. He was an elite top five player. I don't know. Maybe some people view things differently than me. I, I think we use the terms bust and generational a little too loosely. I call Bedard generational. We'll see. It's hard. It's with my non with my very conservative in terms of hockey opinion on the word generational. I call him generational. That's a bold statement. I know. I know. Because literally coming anything could happen. Coming from me? Dude, I, I legit think Bedard is better than Hughes. And I love Jack Hughes. I think he leads the Devils to multiple Stanley Cup From what we've seen from him before him going to the NHL, he he seems like that player. Yeah. I believe he's the only player top two in – CHL points per game and goals per game. I think Kane had a tick on points and he was either Crosby or McDavid had a tick on goals or it might be opposite. McDavid might've had points. I don't know. Got a shit ton of points. Is there any team that would consider trading the first overall pick if they want it? No, absolutely not. I like this isn't the NFL draft this year where like there's no Trevor Lawrence at the top of the draft and like there's no quarterback that the Bears are willing to move off Justin Fields from. If a Trevor people will fight me on this. If a Trevor Lawrence was available this year, a guy like that, the Bears would they would have already traded Fields. 
and they would be selecting that guy with the number one overall pick. That's just not there this year. Um, Bedard is that guy. He could be your number one center next year. If you have a high-end number one center, like if you're the Devils and you have Heischer and Hughes, you slide in Bedard to 3C probably to start at least. He'll be 1C in no time. But like most teams, he'd be 1C next year. Reichel would probably move to the wing. You maybe re-sign Max Domi or something like that. That's what I would try to do, um, which we'll get to that in a minute. But, I, I, dude, I want the Hawks to win the draft lottery so bad. <laughs> I want to be able to, on a random Tuesday, go, you know what I'm going to do today? The Devils are off. I don't have pregame. I'm going to go watch Connor Bedard. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. And the jersey, the Hawks jersey that I would commonly wear to the games was Patrick Kane. Well, your boy is in need of a Blackhawks jersey update. And you could still so, wear it. No, you could wear Kane forever. But I would like to get a modern player again. It's been a while since I bought a Hawks jersey. It's probably been like 10 years since I bought a Hawks jersey. Wow. That long, huh? Yeah. I think I got my Kane jersey in 2013, and I've only bought Devil's jerseys since. Oh, wow. So I'm. Um, I'm fairly ready to jump in on a number 98 Connor Bedard jersey or a number 17 Connor Bedard jersey. I, I, 17. I would prefer him to wear 17 for you to be happy. I would get a jersey. I would too. For sure. Oh, you would have to accept the fact that lots of people, including myself, would also get one. Yeah, but I expect that. Yeah. If he got 98, though, I think I would get one, too, still. I love those high – like, Jack Hughes wearing 86. I was like, sign me up. I can't believe we share the same birthday. Dude. <laughs> I'm, uh, Columbus blew a 3 nothing lead yesterday. And, you know, they only ended up – or a 4 nothing lead. Pittsburgh it was 4-0. Four four, four, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And they ended up getting a point. So the Hawks have uh, – they're two points ahead of Columbus. Um, I didn't realize that since they made it two lottery winners instead of three, the difference between the last, the best odds and the second best odds, it goes from 25% to 13%. It's, it's rough. Let's go every team. The Hawks are playing the rest of the season at this point. I mean, what are we doing? 18 games left too. I know. I know. And something like that. Yeah. Did I, I did write down to talk about Ottawa versus Hawks. Uh Um, in the second period, so we'll hold that conversation. But, Frank, we had our last episode. It was the 100th episode. We had plenty of guests come on the show. We are thankful to each and every one of them that joined. Uh, Tom says, I think you need an Anders Bjork jersey. Anders Bjork, three assists in his Blackhawks debut. Former Bruin. Um, Notre Dame as well. Um, Love Anders Bjork. I hope he does get a run with the Hawks. He'll at least be a warm body to play games while they stink for the rest of this year and next year. (laughs) Because I do, I do think even if they get Bedard, they stink next year. But then in, they're exciting next year though. They're not like dead See, last type of stink. They're like San Jose type of stink, or See, like Arizona type of stink. If you want a trick, I have a trick for you. How you can get any player in the NHL traded? If you want a guy traded, just have Tom pick up a jersey. He's off the team. You, you have any secret. examples? I know uh, Fortan comes to mind. Fortan. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's got Panarin. Yep. I could be wrong, though, on Panarin. I thought he did. Um, <laughs> so, gee, help me out. What else? He's he does have Panarin. A... He's got a – there's a few. Hagel? Hagel. 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 Bagel. Uh, just whoever. If there's somebody on the team you don't want on the team, 
Buy a Mike, buy a Mike Clevenger White Sox jersey, Tom. Funny thing is, get him out of here. <laughs> that would be funny. He did not have a cane jersey. It's wow. a little shocking, but if you know Tom, he likes the players that are a little like under the radar. Role players. I yeah. respect it. I yeah. respect there are a lot of people like that. You don't want to everyone at the United Center is rocking Taves and Kane. Exactly. And... You want to be different. You don't want to ever have like five Kane jerseys. Yeah, but Bedard, because Bedard will be the first hawk. I remember watching oh Saad. Saad, yeah, R.I.P. <laughs> um <laughs> I do think the fact that I mean, I watched Hughes play in junior. I watched T-Shirt play in junior. I watched like four Halifax Mooseheads games. They were on NHL Network when He-Shirt, they were hyping up He-Shirt and uh, Nolan Patrick. They had the oh Brandon Wheat Kings. That's who Patrick yeah. played for. And, you know, I watched a couple of those games. But as far as a Hawk, knowing a kid from 16 years old, all the way up until his Hawk days, I feel loyal to Bedard. I honestly, and you might not like this, but this is me as a Devils fan who, like, all Western Conference teams are my friends. Um, if, like, the Ducks won the lottery or if the Blue, Jack- or the Blue Jackets are in the East, but, you know, if a different team won the lottery, I would still consider a Bedard special jersey, like if it was a reverse retro that I thought was cool or, you know, like I really want the reverse retro Canucks jersey, like really bad. Well, who's a player on that team I like? Quinn Hughes? Okay, perfect. You know, it'll be similar with Bedard. If a year right. comes along where, like, there's a sick jersey and I can't think of a player from that team, but they have Bedard, I don't know. We feel a sense of love towards Connor Bedard on this podcast, as all hockey fans should. Watching him play for the hometown Blackhawks would be my first choice. Watching him on a line with Trevor Zegris would be my second choice. And that goal he scored yesterday hadn't happened yet when I sent you the sheet. So we can get to that, too, if you want to, at the end of the... I heard about it, but I didn't see it. I mean, honestly, while I'm giving a soliloquy in period number one, you should go on your phone, go to my Twitter. I might be able to pull it up and everybody can watch it. Yeah, do that. But first, well, before I forget, Frank, (laughs) let's send it over to period number one. That might be the longest we've ever gone in like our little pre-game appetizer yeah i'm not sure without me forgetting to go to period one like the times that that don't count right the times i remember about that huh you're probably yeah absolutely i don't know if you lost me or if you lost frankie but we're gonna figure it out really quickly i don't know who's in and who's out here Frank, are you? That was you. Oh, okay. You're good, though. You're back. It's it's coming back. You're you're fully back. Dude, we went like 70 episodes without an internet problem. And then, like, the last three or four, we've been running into some trouble. Technology. We are run by it. Um, Since our last show, Frank, a couple players have been traded. Now, a lot of the deadline work was done mostly ahead of Friday. We had mm-hmm. Timo Meyer traded to the New Jersey Devils. Patrick Kane was traded to the New York Rangers. We got to all of that on episode 100. But there were some players traded after. And it was a quieter deadline than usual because of the trades leading up to it. And we all know Lou Lamorello started this whole thing by trading Bo Horvat a month before the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Um 
Really quick, Tom says, I'll be all in on a Camesso jersey. I watched TSN's. Um, this was going to be good. I tried telling yeah. you many podcasts ago. I watched TSN's Trade Center from 8 a.m. till noon on Friday, the trade deadline day, their mm-hmm. Trade Center special. And then it flipped over to a special trade deadline version of The Point on ESPN Plus. So you watched them back to back if you had ESPN Plus. Mm-hmm. Kyle Davidson went on as a guest towards the end of the day. He would not stop talking about how great they believe Drew Camesso is playing for Boston University. Uh, like, do I think Jackson Stauber and Arvid Soderblom could be guys in the NHL? Absolutely. They've both been great. Uh, Soderblom's been outstanding in the AHL that they, they won't even bring him up and let him play on this ass team. But they've allowed Stauber to come up, and they're, they're actually like, actually, we don't want Stauber in net anymore. He gives us too much of a chance to win. <laughs> We want Bedard, and we're not letting Jackson Stauber stop us from getting Bedard. But if you add Camesso to the mix, now you got three young guns that if you hit on one of them, you can sign a veteran backup, whoever becomes available. And like what the kind of like what the Bruins did with Allmark and they had Swayman in the mix. But Swayman yeah. or Allmark ended up elevating. So now they use him more, but that's what the plan- the Hawks could do that, whether it's Camesso or Soderblom. So I actually, so you know the hockey news I get? Yeah. Well, we just got the newest edition. I don't remember what it's called, but it has to do, I think it's like Prospect something, Prospect mm-hmm. Watch. or And then they have one closer to the draft. They have like the Draft Watch where they have like ranking the people in the draft. I think you've looked through one of Tom's when you're at Absolutely. his house. Absolutely, yep. Um, well, the the one with the prospect I had, I was looking through and I was looking at the Hawks and it shows the top 10 prospect from each team. And Drew Camesso was actually the fifth ranked Hawks prospect in according to them. Or I don't know how they get there, what it's according to. But in the in the hockey news, he was ranked fifth. So I was kind of surprised he was that high because I think the last time like I looked at a list of their prospects, he was in the top 10, but he was lower bottom 10. And I think he's made his way up to fifth, which is huge. And obviously, you know, one's Korchinski. Yeah, if I had to guess, Korchinski, Reichel. Nazar was in there. Reichel Naz- was two. Yeah, and then it's either Nazar, Del Mastro, three and four. Probably, I don't remember. And it. then... Future Watch, it's called, yeah. Future Watch, yeah. I would rank them Korchinski, Reichel, Nazar, Del Mastro, Camesso, personally. That would be my ranking. If they flipped Del Mastro and Nazar, though, I wouldn't fight it. I've been a um, huge Camesso fan ever yeah, since. Yeah, absolutely. He, I mean, he's going to be a beast, I think. Yeah, and BC's or BU is probably it's one of my three favorite hockey colleges. So seeing them play there has just been fun. So yeah, I'm all in on it. I you should send me screenshots of the Devils top ten, Hawks top ten, a couple others that you think I'd yeah. Need. I could probably use those for, for a couple sure. articles actually. Um, it's really interesting. I love those magazines. Yeah, well, I'm working on a piece right now for the Windy City. It's actually in the drafts half started about. Five Hawk prospects that I believe will be a part of the core one day. And I'm leading off by talking about Connor Bedard and what he would mean for these prospects. I could make Reichel a Cody Goldsman. I believe he probably could. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that and building. Absolutely. And like they did once upon a time. So I actually would be interested in something like that. But For sure. Frank, the stars got Domi. What was your reaction? Um... You know, I kind of had a feeling 
Well, we they didn't lose Anthony Cio, which I thought he was gone for sure. Me too. I'm sure they tried. Um, I didn't think they'd lose Domi and Anthony Cio, so I thought Anthony Cio was going to be the one to go. But Domi was also good trade bait. We talked about how they could get a decent amount from him. You know, he's had ties to Luke Richardson. He likes playing for Luke Richardson. Um, so while I'm not surprised that he went because of how good of trade bait he was, I mean, obviously the way he was performing this year, it's great to trade him. He already has a goal with Dallas. I know, but it's just, I guess it kind of caught me off guard because I thought Anthony C was going to be the one I didn't think uh, they can't trade everybody at the end of the day. They'd have nobody left. Then we just pull up everybody from Rockford. And that's why I was a little bit surprised. I had a feeling he might've went, but um, in exchange, they got Hudobin and a 2025 second round pick which they're just mopping up these next three years. They have tons of draft picks uh, through 2025. Um, He's centering the third line on Dallas, and I think that's what Dallas needs. They're leading the Central Division right now. That's perfect to have a bottom six center with the caliber like Max Domi, the way he's performing. He's hot right now. He's already got a goal with Dallas. I think it was the right pickup by them. Um, He stays in the Central Division. I don't think that's really a concern by the Hawks right now. I mean, maybe they did on purpose, like, well, you have to play Dallas again. Maybe they'll pound us so we can get Bedard. Um, so I don't think really a central division rival was they really cared about. But nonetheless, he's in the green jersey now. Um, but I think it was a very good move for Dallas. I really like that move for them. I think the whole trading within the division thing applies to baseball and football. Like, you don't want to help the Minnesota Twins if you're the White Sox. You don't want to help Cleveland. That could bite you in the long term. Same thing with football. You hardly see the Bears and the Packers make a trade. Those things can affect you in the long term. There's four divisions in the NHL, and there are eight teams in each one. Mm -hmm. It doesn't impact the Hawks if Dallas is also good. you got to beat them in the playoffs regardless. Like, And a guy like Domi going there doesn't help them when you're going to be good. And it's not like you as an organization care if Dallas wins the Stanley Cup this year. Right. It's not like how the Bears would feel if the Packers won the Super Bowl or how the White Sox would feel if the Twins or Guardians won the World Series. They like I just think it's a bit, you know, overblown the division thing in hockey and basketball too. The Bulls would trade with any team in their division if it meant a better future for them. I hear you. Um as far as the stars, Pierre LeBron, I think it was. Yeah, the stars are looking for a center to play with Tyler Sagan. Oh, they're in Chicago the night before the trade deadline. <laughs> the Hawks have another forward that could play with Tyler Sagan. Uh, the two GMs can yuck it up while the game's going on. Oh, move. oh, it was also Max Domi's birthday. He got traded on his birthday to the team his team was playing. And I thought that was wild. Um, I kind of wish he played for the Stars that night because I can't recall a player ever getting traded to another team and playing his old team that night. Like, I honestly think that would be yeah. like, unbelievably cool. Like, oh, I literally just have to cross the dressing rooms right now. It'd be a little weird, right? It like... would be really weird. And I think it'd be, like, entertaining. But, you know, I'm surprised they kept Anthony to see you, and I'll tell you why. I am too. I thought he was gone for sure. I thought they were both gone, and I'll tell you why. I I used to have your mindset like a week ago. I was like, are they literally going to trade like everyone that could play at the NHL level? I don't think so. I think it's hard. Oh, yeah. But then they, they traded for Bjork and Zaitsev, and I was like, okay, 
they acquired these guys, and they made those two AHL trades with the Ducks. Those guys could play in the NHL if need be. If you want to suck as bad as you say, tell everyone you want to suck. Right. And I was like, okay, they are acquiring some of these warm bodies in AHL trades, so maybe they will trade both Domi and Anthony Sear. Like, mm-hmm. that might be why they're acquiring. Like, they didn't get Bjork. Bjork had a three-assist game. I get it. But, like, he's not part of the future. You know, he's not going oh, we'll to be there. For- Bjork. Yeah, he's not going to be there for a long time. They traded for him so he could play this year and next year and, like, fill a roster spot and eat minutes. And so when they did a move like that, that's when I was like, okay, maybe they will move as many people as they can. But there wasn't a suitor for Athanasiu, and it is what Which it is. It's fine. It is, yeah. Like you said, it is what it is. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. Um, good move by Dallas. Hundred percent. The Bruins got Bertuzzi in probably yeah. one of the most shocking trades of the entire trade deadline because we knew Kane was going, we knew Meyer was going. Is Bertuzzi going to go? Dylan Larkin just signs an extension. The Wings are not too far out of a playoff spot. They've lost a couple here now, and I think tonight is probably their. If they lose tonight to the Blackhawks, who stink, they're gone. <laughs> I will declare Detroit dead if they lose tonight. I don't have them dead yet. I think all those teams in the East on a, a five-game winning streak are right back in it. Detroit wow. is dead in my mind, though. The dealer? Oh, dead if they lose. I'll pull up the freaking standings right now. Like, wow. they are dead if they lose to this dead-ass Blackhawks team tonight. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, every Detroit and higher in the standings is still alive. Detroit, Washington, Buffalo, Ottawa, Florida, Pittsburgh, New York Islanders. Those eight teams. Oh, no. Yeah, those seven teams are fighting for two playoff spots. They're all within three or four points of each other. And Detroit is the last of them. They played the least amount of games of them, though. They are dead if they're sitting at 65 points after tonight's games because of a loss to this dead-ass Blackhawks team. But I digress. Bertuzzi. He goes to the Bruins. They're out Taylor Hall and um, uh, Felino for a little bit here. They'll probably all be back in time for the playoffs. That's Don Sweeney manipulating things. If they're back for the playoffs, they will have Bertuzzi still in the mix. He kind of feels like the perfect Bruin, you know, a skilled player who can also be an a-hole. And, you know, I was a little surprised that the Bruins pulled this one off. Bertuzzi is kind of an under-the-radar player, especially because of the injuries that he's suffered this year, which yep. has limited him, limited him to um, how many games? Like 29, 30 29, games? Yeah, something like that. So, I mean, he hasn't really gotten a lot of play time, but we know what his ceiling is. He had two seasons with 21 goals and last – or no, yeah, he had two seasons with 21 goals, last season with 30 goals. Um, so we know his cap, and, you know, he's going to be probably playing on the third line or get some fourth line minutes too, but – most of his time will probably come on the third line. It's a big move for the Bruins, especially after how good they've been this season. You get a guy like that, which a lot of people aren't taking stock in because of the injuries that he had this year. So obviously, you know, he's not performing this year. He hasn't gotten a lot of momentum. He hasn't played a lot of time this year, which could play a factor in why teams may not want him. Bruins are going to take a chance on him. That's a big move for the Bruins. The Bruins don't necessarily need him to win a Stanley Cup. We know what they have. We know their talent. But I think he's going to be a very important piece going forward. And if there was a move for the Bruins to make, it might have been Tyler Bertuzzi. Absolutely. And they added Dmitry Bobby Orlov last week. And Hathaway has been a good bottom six forward. Um, I love what the Bruins have done. No Hall and Felino. I think, kind of made them, force them to make this trade. Because now they have depth. 
and they put Bertuzzi with Charlie Coyle and Trent Frederick on the third line. Um, their top six is wonderful, as we know. The the checkmate line with Zaka, Pasternak, and uh, Krejci, outstanding. Bergeron playing with DeBrusque and Marshan on the top line, just absolutely unbelievable. So Bertuzzi needs to get it going. Did you see that picture of Bertuzzi that made the rounds on Twitter? He runs a naked end of his stick. Not the not the blade, the top. Naked, oh. no tape. It's a little weird. Weirdo. Absolute weirdo. It never works. Uh, yeah, uh, listen, I'm not like this all-time great hockey player, right? Like there's a reason I'm podcasting about hockey other than out there playing it right now. But if you know anything about wearing hockey gloves, they get slippery on a stick if you don't have tape. Weirdo move by Bertuzzi, but he's got 30 tucks in the NHL, and I'm a complete Muppet. So, you know, I'm going to make fun of you on Twitter, but, like, he would punch me in the face, and I would have nothing to say. <laughs> um, the Wild got Klingberg, yeah, who is, cool. who is, in my opinion, one of the most interesting people in the NHL to talk about, John Klingberg. He's 30 years old. He's finishing up a one-year deal. Awesome on the power play, right? Can move the puck, make a nice first pass on the power play. Yeah. He sucks defensively. He is one of the worst defensive defensemen in the NHL. All the metrics say he's one of the worst players in the NHL. But I think the Wild are the type of team that can use Klingberg correctly. There is a correct way to use Klingberg. You saw the Hawks correctly use Gustafson back in that one year where they were like kind of okay. You might remember what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And he had like 50 points. Yeah. And I told you this is the worst 50-point player in the history of the NHL. Klingberg is the same way if they use him the way the Hawks used Gustafson that year. What do you think? I think it's funny that you said he's one of the worst defensive defensemen in the league because he's probably up there as one of the best offensive D-men in the league. They need to use him more on offense than defense. And there are players that you build around on your defense who play a little bit more on the offensive side. And, you know, he's definitely going to help their blue line in that aspect, but as far as defense goes, might not help them out a ton. But right now, they have terrific goaltending, the Wild. Um, Flurry's been great. Gustafson's been great. Um, so you don't really have to worry about too much there, which is why maybe they took a risk on a guy who plays a little more offense on defense. Um he was a perfect trade acquisition. I don't know. I, there's just something about him. I'm pretty sure he's a two-time All-Star. Um, those are the guys you like to see. I mean, teams that win the Stanley Cup make moves at the trade deadline similar to this. It's always about getting that key piece. What What do the Wild need to contend for the Stanley Cup? What do they need to focus on right now? And, and honestly, I think one of the biggest things they need to focus on is, focus on is their blue line. And they strengthened it a little bit more. You might, you know, you weigh your options. Do we kind of take away from the defense a little bit because Flurry and Gustafson's been so good? Do we allow to like dock a few points on the defensive end to add a little bit offensive power on the D? I think that's what they did. And once again, I don't hate it. I really don't. They got the and not only that, but they got the trade done without making much sacrifice to their core. They didn't have to give a lot of trade bait away. They, they virtually added him for getting rid of nothing. I couldn't agree more. Um, I'm looking at the goaltending stats. The only goaltending duo that's been better this season, like far and away, is Br the Bruins. 
Swayman, and Allmark. Mm-hmm. The only other combo in the conversation with the Wild is the Hurricanes. Freddie Anderson and Antti Ranta are having outstanding years as well. And listen, goalies change year to year. I'm not saying Antti Ranta or Freddie Anderson are better than Marc-Andre Fleury, like career. and This year, Carolina's right there with the Wild. Mm-hmm. But the Wild played good D. They, they lost a game yesterday, 0-0. The Flames added a shootout goal, one shootout goal. Yep. And it was like a trickler through the pads. And, you know, they have no problem defending. Do you remember how the Hawks got so much success out of Gustafson? I want to say, was it 16-17 or 17? It was 17-18, the year they fired Coach Q. They got so much success out of Gustafson by using him in two situations. Played every minute on the power play. I don't think the dude came off, him and Kane. (laughs) Uh, They gave Duncan Keith some time, too, probably. But... They also, at five-on-five, hardly used them. Like, fourth-liners, third-liners, get Gustafson out there against the checking lines, especially at home. Mm -hmm. And he was fine. He had an okay season. I still think he stinks. But in that season, he was fine. Got 50-something points, one of the higher-scoring defensemen in the NHL, but was never, like, in consideration for the Norris Trophy because he had all these points. He stunk defensively, but the Hawks used him right it was one of the few things that i think jeremy colleton did okay with was his handling of gustafson and the wild can do that with klingberg so i'm actually thrilled with this they got dumba back they're on a little bit of a heater they lost that shootout game yesterday but i believe they're working on like an eight or nine point game point streak so and they've surged up the standings as well they were looking like a team that might be on the bubble for the playoffs. And they have some salary cap issues this year. I don't think they're a cup team, but I think once they lose the Parisi suitor thing, they are building it with Boldy being on kind of a cheaper contract if he reaches his ceiling. Uh, they got Kirill Kaprizov, who is one of the 10 best players in the NHL, in my opinion. Um, we'll see what happens with their goaltending long term. But man, two points, three points out of the top spot in the Western Conference. Oh, yeah. It's so. If the Wild, I, I do believe if any of these teams in the West made it to the Stanley Cup final, I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised, but we'll get to the Western in a second. Um, Greenway goes from the Wild to the Sabres. Yeah. Jordan Greenway, good good player. You know, the Wild, the Wild probably didn't unlock as much offense from him as they wanted back when he was at Boston University. He was like that type of guy. He kind of reminded me of like a better version of Brian Bickle. Mm-hmm. Where he was just like a big, big net front body who can like slam in rebounds and be hard to win puck battles against in corners. Well, now the Sabres get him. He's not guaranteed to go to the playoffs like he was with the Wild, but he's guaranteed to be a young player on a young team given a chance. Yeah. So I think this trade was just obviously they're not ready to win a Stanley Cup. They're not to that level yet, they're still very young. And I, they obviously, even with this trade, they're building their team around young assets for the future. But this trade, more than anything else, was getting a guy who has grit and grind into the lineup. A guy who's 6'6", 226. This guy's not going to sit there and score you 30 goals, 20 goals even, maybe not even 10 goals. But he's going to be the guy in the lineup who you need to win a championship in the future. It's almost as if they're preparing. Like, 
you need guys like Greenway to win a championship. You need guys who go out there and rack up penalty minutes. I think he's got like 46 penalty minutes this year. You need guys like that who aren't afraid to get down and dirty. And I think that was a piece that the Sabres were missing, right? They got the young core right now. They're, they're building their young future. They got goal scorers on their team. Tage Thompson has been fantastic. Um, Dylan Cousins, pleasant surprise. But you need guys like Greenway into the lineup. And I don't know if they necessarily had that, so they went out and get it at the deadline. We saw something in the NHL last Friday that we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've been waiting for this story because wait till I, you're going to – I my jaw dropped. For the first time in NHL history, two brothers were traded for each other. Now we've seen the Kelsey brothers play mm-hmm. each other in the Super Bowl. Yeah. We saw the Harbaugh brothers coach against each other in the Super Bowl. We remember the Sedin twins how they were aliens. They always knew where each other were, and that's why they're both in the Hall of Fame. One was the assist man. One was the goal scorer. We've seen how Ellen Hughes has three kids in the NHL or about to be in the NHL, and all three of them are awesome. That's quite a brotherly duo. We know how great the Kachucks are. We saw the outstanding duo they were in the All-Star game. But we've never seen two brothers get traded for one another. I mean, they probably were like, dude, I'm going to the team with my brother. I know where I'm going to live. I know who's going to show me around. Wait, he's coming back here for me? <laughs> Are you shitting me? I hope they at least got to live in each other's houses during that you know, whole thing. I don't know. Wild stuff, Frank. The two brothers, Nick, blow Nick and Pat Ritchie, blow my socks off. So I'll, I'll touch on that for a second. So, you know, Nick goes to Calgary. Brett Ritchie goes to Arizona, right? Which is a little weird. Like, why make the trade in the first place? I mean, you look at their stats. I mean, Nick uh, Nick Ritchie's got 35 points in two seasons with the Coyotes. And Brett Ritchie's got 20 points in three seasons with the Flames. So it's like, what, what's the point of this trade? Is it just like a funny thing? Like, do you really see something in the brother that the other one didn't have? Or like, it just, to me, it doesn't make a lot of sense, right? To make matters worse, all right, you send me this. You said, I, you know, it's the first time this has ever happened in NHL history, but it's not the first time it happened in sports history, right? You go back to 2008, um, Paul Gasol, you know Paul Gasol? You've oh, heard of the yeah. name probably oh, in the yeah. NBA. I, he I got traded. Going. He got traded to the Lakers for Marc Gasol. Do you know where I'm going with this? Because this is you probably don't know. I know they were traded for each other. I do. I did know they were traded for each other. I have no clue where you're now, going. Now, mind you, you saw. I'll end up playing on the Bulls. I I know just, those brothers. Just well. know, like you sent me this last night. Like this was like news, right? That's that's the first time you mentioned it to me was last night. So anyway, in 2008, Paul Gasol was traded to the Lakers from the Grizzlies for his brother Mark Gasol, which the. The Ritchie brothers and the Gasol brothers might be the only two brothers in history of sports, maybe the main sports. I can't think of another time that that happened. Last night, the Grizzlies were playing the Lakers, and it was Paul Gasol night. They retired his number. And you tell me, you send me that the Ritchie brothers were traded for one another last night. And that legendary moment, like they're playing, the Grizzlies are playing the Lakers, which that's the two teams that the trade happened uh, in 2008. And they were retiring his number. 
They retired uh, Pow's number or Mark? Pa. Ha. That's funny. I liked Pow Gasol. What are the odds that the, the, the brothers that were traded, it, it was between those teams, the trade, and they were playing last night and they were retiring his number. That's the night wild. that you send me that the Richie brothers trade. Yeah, that's wild. I don't I understand. Had, I had no clue they retired his number last night and they retired it in Memphis. No, it was in LA. Oh, the Lakers retired his number. Yes. Wow. I didn't realize he was that highly thought of with the Lakers, Pau Gasol. I mean, I know he was great, and I was super stoked when the Bulls got him. He was my favorite Bull for a year or two there. But it's unbelievable. Yeah. I, I mean, you can't write this. I mean, yeah. come on. That's good stuff, Frank. That's good stuff. <laughs> I honestly feel bad for both of the NHL brothers, for the Richies. Just doesn't Be- make sense. Well, so Richie was one of them was on Calgary and they're four points out of a playoff spot. So you get traded to Arizona uh-huh. where you're like, oh, that team stinks. We're not going anywhere. I'm no longer go. I no longer have a chance at the playoffs. But then you think of the other one going from Arizona to Calgary and you're like, yeah, Calgary, they're in the mix, but they're probably not going to make it. Right. And if I'm going to suck and be <laughs> on a shit bag ass <laughs> team. I think I'd rather be on a shitbag ass team in Glendale, Arizona, than Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Yeah, that's... and it's not even close. He goes from waking up thinking about which pool he wants to hit that day before practice to what kind of scarf am I going to wear to the rink today because it's negative ten in Letterkenny, Canada. That's just unbelievable. That's life. That's part of sports. That's part of sports. We sign up for. It's a business. We would all sign up to do it if we could. Yeah. Frank, the devil's got Curtis cheeseburger eating Lazar. Yeah. What do you uh, think? You know, it's so they got him for from Vancouver for a 2024 fourth round pick. What they were doing here is they were just adding a depth forward. Lazar's been a depth forward his entire career mostly. Um, he's making $1 million per season through 2425. Um, it's funny because I think he's going to help their penalty kill out a lot. He's got 49 minutes of penalty kill time this season. Uh, so he sees a lot of the ice when they're shorthanded, which once again, teams that, you know, are going to make a run for the playoffs, you know, try to contend with the cup. You need guys like that in your lineup. It's just the simple fact. I mean, those players, there's a reason those players exist in the NHL. Uh, Devils capitalize with him. And it's funny because it left the after the Devils made that move, it left the Devils with two hundred and sixty thousand dollars left in cap space, so they didn't have much left to do. Um, so they went with the depth forward, which fantastic because, like I said, you're going to need guys like that. He'll be great on the penalty kill. I want to know your opinion because you're the Devils guy. Like, do you like the move? I do like the move. I'm not sure if he'll play every game, but their top nine is pretty solidified now. I do think Meyer is going to continue to play with Jack Hughes and Jesper Bratt. Mm-hmm. And then Tatar is going to play with Heesher and Mercer. That's probably been the team's best line since the All-Star break. Yeah. And then this new line that got formed when they traded for Meyer of Andre Palat, Eric Halla, and Jesper Boquist has been unbelievable. They had all three of their goals yesterday. They lost. Austin Matthews scored a power play goal with two minutes left. And you know how that ends when that happens. <laughs> but you know, it was one of the times the Devils weren't able to tie it with the goalie pulled. I, I was annoyed because they were winning with three minutes left. Mm-hmm. And they, like, kind of had a rare outburst of letting up two goals late in the third. 
you know, that, that hasn't happened to them this season. So it like annoyed me. But then I woke up this morning and I was like, listen, that happens with a team like the Leafs one time. Marner and Matthews made a play. Oh, yeah. Marner and Matthews are going to make a play every now and again. And, you know, it happens. So get over it and you play Washington on Thursday. But this fourth line kind of stinks. I hope they figure it out. And part of the way of figuring it out could be like throwing Lazar in for a couple games in place yeah. of either McLeod or Bastion. Only he sure Halla and McLeod have a higher face-off winning percentage on the Devils. Yeah, you know, you make a good point because he probably won't play every game, I don't think. Lazar. Yeah, but um, I do think he'll play every game in the playoffs, if that makes sense. You need guys like him. I know, I know. The Hawks and, had guys like him. Look at Andrew Shaw. Yeah. and Not they, quite like Lazar. I would say Andrew Shaw, in my opinion, is a little bit better. Oh, he was way better. But, but Lazar might be a better penalty killer. But goals. For it's him. similarly type of game that Shaw. He's like the gritty depth center. Like you just out there to kill some time. Like you put Shaw out there to kind of nag at the goalie, get in front of the goalie, you know, screen him a little bit. You didn't put him out there when you needed a goal late in the game, and that's like the same with Lazar. They're not the Devils aren't going to put him out there when they need goal they're going to put them out there when they need a little defense clearing the puck stuff like that which you need yeah the devils in buffalo are the only two teams with 520 goal scorers mm-hmm. and so they don't need goals from lazar if they right. give them one you know extra cherry on top that'll be awesome but i'm with you i do think he'll take face offs but then play right wing once the puck is dropped because bruce that boudreau be bruce boudreau his coach until he was fired this season in vancouver was on TSN's Trade Center and said that he loves Lazar on the right wing. Had some high praise for Lazar and being a character player. So I do think he'll probably play in the playoffs. In the regular season, they'll rotate, figure out what fourth line is the best. But, dude, I'm watching the game yesterday, and it was at the Rock. The Devils had the matchup. The Devils had the matchup advantage. Mm -hmm. And they still – the fourth line of Miles Wood, Michael McLeod, and Nate Bastion got caved in at five on five against the Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner line every single time. O'Reilly and Tavares were out. Tavares is sick and O'Reilly broke his finger out four weeks. Mm -hmm. They caved them in. And I was like, maybe Lazar will play a little more than I thought because this fourth line ain't cutting it right now. And Matthews and Marner to their credit, they didn't score at five on five. They didn't. Right. they probably should have. I mean, Vitek Vanacek made a couple saves, especially the one on Matthews. But, you know, on the power play, if Austin Matthews has an open lane, he's going to hit one of them every now and then. Like, he's Austin Matthews. He's having a down year. He'll probably still hit 40. You know, he scored his 29th of the season yesterday with a month and a half to go. Like, <laughs> you know, he's unreal. And that shot, I'll tell you, he has an open space in the slot. Good play by Marner. It happens, but I do think Lazar is a positive. Uh, Sharon Govich hasn't played since trading for Meyer, so he's been a health bomb. So you got him as an option. I just think there are options now that you add a player like Lazar. There are five or six players competing for that fourth-line opportunity because I used to think Boquist was fighting for his spot, but the chemistry with Andre Palat and Eric Halla has been unreal. Mm-hmm. So that's my long-winded opinion of it. Um Another Metropolitan Division team made a couple small moves. 
the Pittsburgh Penguins added Dmitry Kulikov and Bonino, 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 Nick Bonino. Why are you going? You stole my thunder. I was going to say that. Do it. I don't want it anymore. Well, that's your problem. Um. You probably weren't even rooting for Pittsburgh in that series, and I was all in on them. So I get to do it. Good. Uh, Benino, two Stanley Cups with the Pittsburgh Penguins, makes a return. I'm not th- I don't think he's going to get a third with the Pittsburgh Penguins, but, I mean, hey. <laughs> but, hey, you never know, right? Never say never. I mean, They I- are a never say never team, the eh? Pittsburgh Penguins. They will make you look like a fool. So I actually am not going to – crop out that video of I me. I mean, I you. doubt it, though. I doubt it, too, but they're not as deep as the Rangers, Penguins, or Devils, but, I mean, they have Crosby and Malkin. And, I mean, he also is a different athlete come playoffs. Yes. It's like he transforms. It's like Jeff Carter game seven. Once he hits the playoffs, he's not regular season, Benino. Mm-mm. He's like a different athlete, so, I mean, <laughs> as long as the Penguins can hold the playoff spot. What team does Jeff Carter play for? The Penguins. I know. <laughs> They're scary, man. Hey, if, you... they, if Jari plays well in the playoffs and they upset a team like Carolina in the first just round, don't, know. don't fall off your chair. Do I'm not kidding. fall off your chair. I, My I mean, goodness. I love when players return to their teams. Oh, yeah. Like when Saad got a second stint with the Hawks. I mean, it wasn't the Brandon Saad when the first time they had him, but it's so cool. It's, it's like – nostalgic seeing them return yeah. to the city and the Panarin thing kind of ruined it too yeah odd would have been better if he was traded for anyone else he probably felt some pressure so yeah what about kulikov it's a good defenseman for the wild or for the penguins dad i, I think very highly of kulikov like, it is good. the penguins are player. they're scrambling they needed yeah. to make some moves they know they're screwed they're in the final wild card spot right now but kulikov should help but they're like i i would love to be in the mines of the Pittsburgh Penguins organization come draft uh, or trade deadline. All right, guys, we got to do something here. <laughs> Let's make some waves. We know we're in deep water right now, holding on to that final wild card spot, but we got to do something. I-, I don't hate it. I mean, a lot of like the top agents were off the market, and I don't know if the Pittsburgh Penguins were going to go too big, uh, given the status of where they are, but I mean, they did something. Hundred percent, and it's not like Frank. Remember the athletic article? I think we've referenced this article every week since it came out. (laughs) We're on like a four a four show streak of mentioning this athletic article that ranks (laughs) the prospect farms from one to thirty two. Pittsburgh was right where you'd expect a team that won two cups five years ago. Like dead last, traded first round picks for this guy, (laughs) traded first round picks for that guy. They got Jason Zucker. They traded for Phil Kessel and gave up the farm for him a couple years before winning the cup or the year before winning the cup. They had Benino. We remember how great Carl Hagelin was back in the day. Absolutely. Um, You know, Crosby, Malkin, and Latang, still great players. Um, That course coming to an end soon. Oh, it's coming to an end. And I do think there will be a couple years there where you, you watched what happened with Taves and Kane over the last three or four. Um, the Penguins will have that type of, you know, showing from their core, I think, over the stretch of time. So, you know, if if Crosby, Malkin, Latang, as long as they're there, 
they're going to, you know, be semi-productive. But are they so productive that they are able to be like – Just getting out of hand. Oh, well, I, I was going. I was I was going. And we were talking about, you know, the Penguins. And I said they, they could end up like the Hawks in the final years where, like, Kane and Taves weren't magnificent. Um, they – Oh, NHL gave Tony D that scumbag Tony D'Angelo. I hate that mother. Ooh, I hate that guy. <laughs> He's the only player in NHL history not welcome on my podcast. I would argue with Avery. I would argue, you know, I'll debate any pro- player to ever play. Who who else do I hate? Tom I mean, Wilson? No, I, Tom Wilson's more than welcome on my podcast. Do you hate him? Or no? no, I don't hate Tom Wilson. It's kind of a dirtbag. He's a dirtbag. He took Zach Parisi out for like five or six games one time by kneeing him. Zach had a sore knee. You know, I hated him in that moment. Like, I wanted him dead in that moment. But, um, no. You don't have Tony D? I, I, I probably would tell Tony D, like, I don't have time for you. So no, you yeah. never get a jersey? Certainly not. They like, Especially- would you wear it if somebody gave it to you? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, I'd probably just give it away or like donate it to charity. But then again, I don't want to see those little charity kids wearing a Tony D'Angelo shirt either. Um, but yeah, I do think the Penguins, they're going to go through like what the Hawks just went through. Except instead of trading Crosby and Malkin, they might. I mean, no player will ever not be traded at 38, 39 years old. But I don't know. I, I think the Penguins are trying to squeeze out one last or one or two more runs out of them, they'll fire Ron Hextall before you know it. I mean, he's been a stinky GM. He was stinky with Philly, and now you're seeing, like, the repercussions of that. He's stinky with Pittsburgh. I I don't agree with a lot of the moves he's made. Um, They just refuse to rebuild with Crosby, Malkin, and Latang where they are right now. If they would have fallen off a little bit this year, maybe, but they haven't. They're still good players. So When they're gone, they're going to be bad. Oh, Pittsburgh? They're going to be level bad. They're going to lose the whole core. Yeah, there are two and teams. And their farm system stinks. Yeah, at least the Hawks, they're beyond that now. <laughs> the Penguins are where the Hawks were in 16-17. Exactly what I was going to say. 16-17, the Hawks were pretty good. I know they won the West in the regular season, but they didn't feel like a dominant team en route to winning the West. I think it was a down year for the Central Division. It just was. Because like even in the playoffs, Nashville smoked them in the first round. It wasn't mm-hmm. the same type of winning the West regular season that we see from other teams. And because they weren't anywhere near close to the President's Trophy that year or anything like that. Like the right. West, the West was very even that year, and the Hawks happened to have the most points. But it's coming for Pittsburgh and it's coming for Tampa Bay too. And we'll talk about I think I wrote down to talk about them. You did. Yeah. I we'll talk about them in the second period. But as far as the Penguins. Them, along with Tampa Bay, have a long Oof. rebuild ahead of them. And so do, the, so do the Bruins, but I think the Bruins can retool more than rebuild because they have, in my opinion, the second-best defenseman in the NHL, and Pasternak's a top-10 forward now. You can, re, you can retool around those. We've seen the Bruins retool around Bergeron and Marchand. Mm-hmm. Now we got to see them retool around Pasternak and McAvoy, and I believe they can. Um, Pittsburgh, no retool coming for them. They don't have a, <laughs> They don't have Pasternak or McAvoy at twenty three years old. They just don't. It's rough. It's it rough. Is rough. It is rough, and it's going to be sad because I like Pittsburgh. 
they're fun to watch in the playoffs. Those years were magnificent. I'll never forget them. I, the one time I grew a playoff beard, I paid, I did it with the Penguins because I picked them to win my bracket, and they won the bracket, except mm-hmm. I came in second because my first round was so stinky. The only thing I got right was the Draft Penguins. Two. Yeah, so I grew a playoff beard just to come in second anyway. Um, but the last trade we could touch on, we touched on a little bit already. Hawks got Bjork. What do you think? Yeah, he got three assists with the Blackhawks in the, against the game against Ottawa, 5 nothing. I mean, I'll take that because I'm not expecting him to get on the score sheet every game. I mean, once every few games is what I kind of expect. So, I mean, he got that all out. That was his third game with the Hawks, I'm pretty sure. So he got all three points, one that he missed for the first two games, got them all in one game. It's funny because the Hawks were really outplayed in that game tremendously. They're so outshot, they were shot outshot 12 to three after the first period and just Staylock stood on his head. There's nothing he could do. It was just unbelievable. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting because Bjork, he spent the entire season this year, mainly in the AHL and the previous four years besides uh, before this year in the NHL. So I think on the Blackhawks, he's got more of an opportunity because, you know, Bjork goes to any other playoff team. He's probably not going to see the light of day that much. Go to the Blackhawks, you're going to have more of an opportunity because of how bad they are. So we know he's played in the NHL. He's an NHL caliber talent. So give him an opportunity. You got to field the team this year. I'm fine with it. Yeah. I mean, he's a warm. Really, there's nothing else to say. Yeah, he's a warm body to fill minutes for yeah, this year and next exactly. year. And if if he like figured something out, it was like uh, a lucky dice roll that worked out in your favor. Yeah, exactly. No so, harm, no foul. Absolutely. So that's the trade deadline. A lot of crazy moves. And it is time to get back to the actual game of hockey. I sent you the Zegris goal on your phone. Okay. Um, I don't have my phone near me, but. No, that's okay. When you talk about it, I'll try to pull it up. Okay. Um, it's time to talk about actual hockey in period number two. Sipping away on that big Don't gulp. interrupt me. I'm drinking. That nasty big gulp. Flat Coke. No, not flat. It's actually one of the best big gulps <laughs> I've ever had. I'm not even kidding. I swear to God. I, listen, I love shitting when people make bad Coke of the liquid variety, of course. This is a family show. Um, it's one of the best big gulps I've ever had. I'm not even kidding. Wow. That is the honest. You're a bold man, VP. I'm not a bold man, actually. I shit on a lot of things. Not shitting on that. That was very, very good. Um, Frank, hockey back without trade stuff. With the teams you have now, the rosters you have now, are the yep. rosters that are set in stone for the rest of the te- season. Whichever team wins the Stanley Cup has the roster to do it now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are plenty of other teams that are going to come up just short. And it's it's going to be a grind. You know, there is going to be ups and downs for every team. I felt like my world came crashing down yesterday when Austin Matthews scored with two minutes left in the game to give the Maple Leafs the win over the Devils. I was livid over it and then i remembered this team's 41 16 and 5 <laughs> like it's one of the best seasons in devil's history they're gonna have 100 points probably their next win will give them 90 
And then if they get 90 in their next game against Washington and then go 500 the rest of the way, they'll have 100 points. Like that That's how good the season has been for them. And you're mad over the best goal scorer in the world. I do believe that. I know he's not going to be top five in goals this year because he had the wrist issue. I think that affected his shot early in the season. He is the best goal scorer in the NHL. And I believe when it's all said and done, he'll be the third best goalie. Or No, he'll probably be fourth in goals all time is my guess. I think it's going to go Ovechkin, Gretzky, Howe, Matthews. I think he scores 700. I really, really do. And that sometimes that just happens. So freaking get over a VP. Back to the trade deadline one more time to start this segment. What acquisition has looked the best so far? Unless I'm missing something, there's only two possible answers, in my opinion. And maybe I'm wrong, and hopefully you could shed some light if there's somebody I'm forgetting about. But it's either Bo Horvat or Vladimir Tarasenko. Tarasenko has nine points in the 12 games he's played with the Rangers. Four goals, five assists, even distribution. And the reason why he's been so dynamic is because he wasn't dynamic with the Blues. It's like he found new life with the Rangers. So that was a tremendous acquisition. And getting Kane, on, which Kane hasn't gotten even on the score sheet yet with the Rangers. But even having Kane, when he finds his groove going into the playoffs, they're going to be a scary team come playoff time. And Tarasenko's doing everything right on the Rangers that he couldn't do with the St. Louis Blues. And Bo Horvat, on the other hand, I mean, the whole organization kind of bought into Horvat saying, like, maybe this is what we were missing. So we're going to go out and get a guy like Bo Horvat and maybe turn our season around. And right now they're holding on to the first wild card spot. Yeah, because the Penguins are in the second wild card spot. And I mean, if this pans out, if the Islanders can make some sort of deep run in the playoffs somehow and Horvat snaps in the playoff, Horvat's played in 13 games. He's got eight points. Five of them are goals. So, I mean, he's doing tremendous for the Islanders. Um, He he took no – he didn't take any time getting in the groove of things in New York. But it's funny that both deadline acquisitions who've panned out the best so far are both on a New York team. Those are good picks. I was, if Meyer had a good game yesterday, I was going to say him and be a complete homer because he had a very good game against the Coyotes in his first game with the Devils. He scored a goal. Mm-hmm. He scored a goal on his third shift in a Devils uniform. Yesterday, he was outstanding in the first and second period. And then in the first, this guy lost his legs. Like a turnover on the power play at the blue line led to a Marner breakaway shorthanded goal. I mean, Meyer, yeah. but it, yeah, He was bad in the third period. Yeah. Yesterday. He was, I was thinking of putting Meyer on, but, I mean, he hasn't been a Horvat or a Tarasenko. Yeah, not yet. Like, those guys have had longer with their new teams, so I think those are fair answers. If Meyer doesn't take the penalty that led to the Austin Matthews goal, and because he, he was awesome in the first two periods, so five out of six periods with the Devils, he was outstanding. But the one period he wasn't outstanding – he was straight up bad. So he can't be on the list for me because of one bad period. I'm going to give the edge to Dimitri Bobby Orlov. He's been great. He's been wonderful for the Bruins. I think what he's helped them do has just – their biggest issue in the playoffs the last couple years has been a Carlo going down or a Grizzlick going down. What's wrong with McAvoy? Well, now they have Hampus Lindholm who – unlike last year, is fully a Bruin now. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it takes guys, guys a minute. 
If Patrick Kane sucks the rest of this season and is great with the Rangers next year, it's because he'll have be used to being a Ranger. Mm-hmm. If Timo Meyer has more periods like the third period yesterday than games like the Coyotes, but then comes back next year and is awesome again, that that happens sometimes. It does. Uh, I expect Meyer and Kane to be top three players on their team the rest of the way because I'm not going to let one bad Kane game against the Bruins. Even though I tweet about it, my tweets aren't my tweets are meant to trigger Rangers fans, not real analysis. <laughs> Um, outside of one couple bad turnovers against the Rangers for Kane, and then the Marner goal slash taking the penalty that led to the Matthews goal yesterday, he's been they've been good, like they're good players in their career. Mm-hmm. So, but as of right now, I I would have to go Orloff. What he's helped. That's, that's a fair answer. He's been. I thought about it, but I mean, I don't know. Two goals, three assists. I think. He's got like five points, I think. Yeah. Four points. One yeah. goal, three assists. Does he have two? I know for sure he's he got two. I know for sure he's got one goal, three assists, but did he have two goals? I think he got a second goal with the Bruins. I'm almost positive. I could okay. be wrong, though. Um, he, He's been unbelievable. And for a D-man. They're calling him Dimitri Orlov. Right. <laughs> I mean. I love Boston. <laughs> I mean, I truly love Boston. I'm sure Joey's excited. He's been great. Yeah, and they'll scratch Grizzlick. They'll scratch Clifton. Uh, Carlos there. I mean, they'll play. I think Grizzlick plays every game in the playoffs. I think the world of Grizzlick. But you got McAvoy, who's the best defenseman in the Atlantic Division. Probably the best defenseman in the Eastern Conference. Um, I know Carlson's probably going to win the the Norris trophy because of the fact that he'll probably get close to a hundred points, mm-hmm. but like McCarr's having a down year, but we still know he's the best defenseman in the NHL. In my opinion, I would put McAvoy second and the Bruins. They had a guy good. like Orlov. That's my trade deadline acquisition of the year. That's uh, a good one. A team I wanted to talk about is the Buffalo Sabres. Mm-hmm. We touched on them in the first period, right? If the Devils don't play the Sabres in a conference final in the next five years, I'll eat my hat. Yeah, it's probably going to happen. These two teams are so good, but we give the Devils a lot of love on this show. Let's give the Sabres a little bit of love, man. They are right there with any young team like the Devils, like the Kings, in terms of their future aspirations. Yep. Are they going to make the playoffs by the skin of their nuts? Maybe. Are they going to barely miss because Pittsburgh has that one extra player with experience that helps them get over the edge? Or maybe they have a slightly better edge in goaltending this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's possible. But they are so fun to watch. Tough loss to Islanders yesterday. Yeah. Tough loss to Islanders yesterday. It is a tough loss. But I still think the world of this team. They've... I've said this multiple times on this show, multiple times. Tage Thompson, I was so wrong about him. He's been great. And like I said in the first period, Dylan Cousins, man, he just continues to score. He scored against the Islanders. He has been unreal. And this is what their whole team is built around, young guys in their organization, on the up and coming. You know, they remind me. They've been on a – I mean, they've been kind of eh lately. They've lost four of their last five, which kind of hurts them in the playoff race. I got them not in. 
I, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs because they're chasing three teams. They have to pass three teams, and they're tied with Washington in points. Just too much has got to happen this year, which is why they remind me of the Mariners of a couple seasons ago. That team that's just going to miss, maybe next year they sneak in, kind of like the Mariners did, but not have too much success next year. But down the line, three, four years down the line, the Buffalo Sabres aren't going to be as irrelevant as they were in years past. I hope they go on a run. I, I would much rather watch them in the playoffs than half of these teams. I think it's too late, VP. I think losing four out of the last five this late in the season, I know. That, that hurt. You win two. You win You win one, you get a point in overtime. That's three extra points. Then they're two points out. But they lost four out of five. They only got two points in five games. I know. That, that killed them, I think. I think they're cooked. They have I'm going to use the D word. I think they're dead. Not actually, but I think they're very close to being dead. They're on their last pulse. Yeah, I mean it. It's close. There's no doubt they have the best. They have the best goal differential out of the Penguins, Panthers, Senators, them, Washington, Detroit. Um, uh, Tage Thompson, he's going to play for the United States in the Olympics, mm-hmm. and you know he's probably going to play with either Jack Hughes or Austin Matthews and be unbelievable. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that Matthews and Hughes are the top two centers on the team. You throw Thompson on one of their wings, or for shits and gigs, you make him the third-line center and run a top nine like nobody else's business. I mean, this Dylan Cousins, I owe Tom an apology. Tom, big Dylan Cousins guy. I was wrong. We were both wrong. I didn't. Buffalo Sabres guy. I didn't. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But different reasons. I didn't see Dylan Cousins' game translating to the NHL as well as it has so soon. And I was so wrong. He's kind of mean. He's kind of a dick. And I like that. He has an edge to his game. He's got 21 already. 21 goals? I thought he had 24. Maybe he is up to 24. I mean, he... He's been unreal. He's been so good. At this point, and their coach Granado, he unlocked so much offense from everybody. And since going there, Tage Thompson has turned into a beast. He has. They don't have a complete leash on them like some other coaches would have on their top offensive players. You remember when Jeff Skinner couldn't score after signing the nine mil deal? Now Jeff Skinner's back to looking like Jeff Skinner. Why? Because there's no leash on him like there was with the previous coaches when there was a coaching carousel over there in Buffalo, no leash on there whatsoever. And it's allowed guys like Skinner to get back to being Skinner. We saw Alex talk come over from Vegas and now he's becoming a star. You know, (laughs) he was a third liner on Vegas, but that asshole Gerard Gallant, the way he coaches, you don't allow a guy. I love you too. He, he doesn't allow a guy like Tuck to be Alex Tuck. And you have defensive-minded players for a reason. The guys who are so gifted and so silky smooth, you let them do it. And you see the rewards of a, for a guy like Tage Thompson and Dylan Cousins and Tuck. And now we see what Skinner's doing. Oh, let's think about their defense. They've had two number one overall picks in the last five years, and they were both defensemen. Rasmus Dahlin is in that McAvoy uh, Kale McCarr conversation. Yeah. Right? He just is. And Owen Power. 
This guy's a beast. Just an absolute dog. <laughs> I-, I love Buffalo. They have so many good players. I'm not sure if Uko Pekalukanen is the long-term answer in goal. Is Cra- Craig Anderson's their goal? other goalie? Yeah, he's not the answer either. He's not the answer either. He's the oldest player in the NHL. and But he's been good. It's time to hang up the skates. Been, he's been good, though. Yeah, time to hang up the skates. Maybe after yeah, this been, year. He, it's, yeah, he's been good, but we know how goalies could be from year to year. Yeah. He's not going to get any better the older he gets. No, no, he's not their guy. I, I don't <laughs> think he's the reason if they don't make the playoffs. I, like, the reason they don't make playoffs – was because they weren't perfect like early, and now they're in a little stretch right now. Yeah, this stretch really killed them. And early on, I mean, you gotta, it's bad enough when you're buried early on. It's hard to get out of a, a hole, but when you when you go through the slump right now, you can't do that. It, you just can't do that. Yeah. And tomorrow they have Dallas. They got tough upcoming schedule. Tough. Then the New York Rangers. Tough. Then. They're off on Sunday. Then the Toronto Maple Leafs. I, I mean, told Frank, you they got a tough schedule. It, it, it's a gauntlet for them. I mean, how many games do they have left? Probably like 20, 19, 19 games. They got to win thirteen at least, I would think. Yeah, maybe more. But if they do it, th- that'll be against good teams. Exactly. That's like, then they, yeah. Then they make the playoffs, and you're like, could they beat the Hurricanes? <laughs> like. I don't know. I'm fairly high on the Hurricanes. So am I, of course. They have 90 points. But you see what I'm like? I wouldn't want to. I get what you're saying. If Buffalo gets in, that means they're the hottest team in the NHL against other good teams. You don't want that if you're Carolina. We won a division and we got to play them? That's not how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to play like the weak team that like barely gets in by the skin of their balls in the first round. Yeah. Not the surging beat Tampa, New York, and Toronto Buffalo Sabres. You know what I'm saying? There's also the chance that they get in and they got to play the Bruins. Yeah, I think the Bruins. I might bet them to sweep their first round opponent. That's wow. I don't know about that. That's uh, tough. They, That's I mean, tough. I never choose sweeps. Ever. Me, me either. <laughs> I was like five. Uh, again, conservative when it comes to hockey. I might pick the Bruins to sweep. <laughs> I think I mean, Emily chose a sweep once, and it was last year with Colorado, and they swept. Yeah, they swept the Predators. Yeah, I just. It wouldn't shock me if the Bruins go like sixteen and three in the playoffs. We got them winning the cup, huh? Yeah. Now I do. We'll see. It's either. I mean, I think they're going to play the Leafs in the second round, and the winner is going to win the cup. Excuse. Wait, Leafs in the second round? Yeah. How's that going to happen? They're going to smoke Tampa. How is How is the Leafs going to get to the second round? That could be a sweep too. Um, not literally. I didn't know that was like allowed. I thought there was a rule in the NHL. Like, nope. can't make no, the second no, round. no, no, the second round. The new rule. It's funny. That's actually funny. Uh, one JP agreed with me on that though, that the winner wow. of the the Leafs slash Lightning versus Bruins series in the second round wins the cup. And Interesting. I think the Lightning stink, which is actually next on the docket. What is wrong with the Tampa Bay Lightning? You got Steven Stamkos, Braden Point, and Nikita Kucherov benched. Um, that was tough against something. Buffalo. Yeah, something was pointed out to me. They never pull Vasilevsky when they're getting killed. Cooper just won't pull Vasilevsky when they're getting killed. It's like a Vasilevsky doesn't want to leave type of deal. <laughs> and, you know, he has enough respect. I mean, we've talked about it before. Hall of Famer, 
at every position on Tampa Bay. And Braden Point is arguably their second best player right now ahead of some of those Hall of Famers. Hedman's been a little hurt. They're just not the same Tampa right now. They played a lot of hockey in the last three years. And I don't know what to make of them right now. But if the season were to end today, I don't think anybody would be feeling too confident about them going up against that juggernaut to the north. They snapped their losing streak. They were on a five-game losing streak with their 5-2 win over the Flyers. Did you know that was their longest um, losing streak in nine years? Nine years they went without losing. What's nine years? 2014. Right before okay, the that's third cup. Yeah. Okay. When they played Tampa in 2015. That's like rookie right. headman, like no Kucherov yet. Yeah, they were yeah. getting into the, the thick of things. Stamkos was probably hurt. That's the year Stamkos broke his leg. It could have been. On the goalpost. It for uh, sure is. Was it? That was, yeah, 100%. I thought I was at ECC when he did. You were. Not or no, I was. I thought I was walking with you guys talking about it at ECC. He had another bad injury, Stamkos. Maybe that's what I'm thinking You're of. You're probably thinking of when he had, like, the blood clot or something. When he broke his leg in the goalpost on Veterans Day in 2014. Could be. Or, or 20, it would have been 2013-14 season. See, I don't think it was that long ago. Now you're going 2013? It was It was because he missed the Olympics, the Sochi, which was the 2014 Olympics. He did. Now it I was, remember that. It yeah. was Veterans Day yeah. 2013. The Hawks I'm were the defending. the blood clot. Yeah, it was 2013 Veterans Day. So in that season, they lost that many games in a row. Wow. And yeah, they lost five in a row. That was the last time, nine years. And, you know, Stamkos came out and discussed some things about the losing streak and how the, the slump, and so did John Cooper. And Stamkos said, you know, they've lost a lot of key players um, this past year. And just because they had success in years past doesn't translate to them making the Stanley Cup um, or the Western Conference. Oh, my God. The Eastern Conference final again because they've been there three straight years. So he's trying to basically say, summarizing what he's saying is, kind of like pump the brakes. Yeah, we've had success in years past, but that doesn't mean we're going to continue that and just automatically make it to the Eastern Conference Final. Because right now, I could tell by the way he's reacting, the way John Cooper's reacting, there's a lot of pressure on this team. The fan base, the NHL, have a lot of high hopes for Tampa. That Everybody expects them to be Tampa Bay. And that was kind of with the Blackhawks in 2016-17. You just won three cups in six years. You won the West. I mean, there's a lot of expectations on you here. And maybe they got some a kind of a similar feeling to the Blackhawks when they got swept to the Predators. Um, but John Cooper also said, you know, being a coach – we have to instill some confidence in these players. And if we do that, we'll be fine. And I, I completely agree with them. Um, you don't like to go on a five game losing streak, but I mean, this is the team that could turn things around. They've had the same system. They really haven't changed anything. So, I mean, from what I'm hearing and witnessing, John Cooper is just going to, the coaching steps is going to talk over with the Tampa Bay lightning players. Steven Stamkos is going to step up, just, you know, tell these guys, relax, right? We're, we're fine. We're in a good position. Just keep playing our game, and maybe eventually everything will pan out. Now, does using the same system always work? No. Sometimes you need to change. Like, I, to me, I didn't know that Vasilevsky was never pulled when he's getting, you know, hammered. Make a statement. Pull Vasilevsky once in a while. I mean, he benched uh, Stamkos, Point, and Kucherov, was it? Yep. Kucherov? Yeah, he benched the first line. 
So make another statement. Pull the goaltender. I mean, those are the types of things that get a team going. I mean, how many times you pull a goalie mid-game and it's like, all right, we got to get our fire lit under our ass, and then it's a completely different game. I mean, you just can't let them get pounded every night and not pull them. To me, I like change every once in a while. If you want to stick with the same system, that's fine. But every once in a while, you need a little bit of change. I agree. Um, Would you consider the Devils a top-five team? Hold on. No. Top 10. Okay. You're crazy, but I don't, I'm just being honest with you. Third in the league in points. I, I <laughs> We're know. We're supposed but... to say yes. Unequivocally. I ranked them too. <laughs> I got them like six or seven. Either way. They're a good, they've lost six in a row this season. I mean, the fact that they haven't won or lost five in a row in nine years is remarkable. Just absolutely insane. But now I just feel insulted that the I'm just being I am I'm an honest third, man. It has third, nothing to do listen third I, in the league in points. How do you I would tell that? you I would tell you straight up if I thought that. I just like you always say when we discuss like top teams and the playoffs or who we're gonna think like who's the best, doesn't matter doesn't mean the top eight or the top eight with the most points, right? Like who are my five teams to win the Stanley Cup? aren't necessarily top five in the standings right now because to me i got i think the rangers are better right now i think they're a little bit hotter than the devils i mean the, those acquisitions we talked about could play a big role in the playoffs i think if shesterkin lived up to a little bit more like last year they could really get things going obviously the boston bruins very high up on the carolina hurricanes honestly um who's the Dallas Stars, I think, might be a little bit better than the Devils, but it has nothing to do with the Devils. I think long-term the Devils are a top-five team, maybe top-three team in the NHL. But this year alone, I'm not just saying that to like diss you or anything. No, I know. The I only think- thing I disagree with you on is the hotterness. The Rangers have lost like five of their last seven, and the Devils are 6-2-1 and six, two and one in their last nine. So, I mean, I, 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 I do think they're top-five. But the point of the statement was they're good and they have a six-game losing streak exactly. this year. And it goes to show how crazy it is that Tampa Bay, even through all those good years, hadn't lost five in a row. It's, crazy. it's unbelievable. It's crazy. Honestly, unbelievable. It is. Ottawa. <laughs> I mean, they, speaking of five-game losing streaks, you got a five-game winning streak. And then you come to the United Center where you're playing one of the three worst teams in the NHL. And you play so good. And <laughs> you get dummied by a goalie who wasn't even thought to make the NHL this season. And you lose 5 nothing. It's rough. Those, those are the teams you got to watch out for when you're on a winning streak. I you know. nev- like you never want to play those bottom of the league teams whenever you're on a winning streak, right? Everybody thinks it's so easy. Like, oh, we're on a high right now. We've won 10 in a row and we got to go play the Columbus Blue Jackets. This is going to be a cakewalk. And then the Columbus Blue Jackets like win six to one or something. And then they're like, wow, that was an eye opener. And this happens in every sport because I think teams underestimate them, those types of teams so often that they kind of just overlook them. And, Ottawa didn't do that by any means because they were the better team and they, they went out and Stalock stood on his head, but that happens. 
that'll happen every once in a while. That's why you'll never see a team go 82 and 0. There's no perfect team. It's just stuff like that happens. And not only that, but that's kind of like deflates your momentum and your mindset going forward. Cause that game against the Hawks was the start of a five game road trip for the senators. Now their next games, they got to go play Seattle on the road. Tough. The way Seattle has been playing Vancouver, Calgary and Edmonton. I mean, that is just, you, you get the wheels blown off you against the Blackhawks. And now you got to finish out this road trip. It's like, you don't even want to finish the road trip. You're like, oh, I don't even want to go play next game. It's just, it's embarrassing for them. Um, they're five points out and of a playoff spot. And, you know, that type of loss can haunt them later on. They'll remember that loss when they're two points out after they play 82 games and they miss the playoffs. They'll be looking like, damn, if we would have just beat the Chicago Blackhawks, we might've had a chance to make the playoffs. If they beat Ottawa or if they beat Seattle tomorrow and they could be saying we'd be in a playoff spot if we beat uh, or yep. we'd be a point out of the playoffs if we beat the Hawks. I mean, <laughs> I mean they were on a five game winning streak. They were going to lose eventually. Right. And That's like always you said, like the scare. It's hard. But man, they, they, they're playing really well, too. Yeah. I think they'll take solace in the fact that they played well in their lost to the Hawks. If we go out there and play like that every night, we'll make the playoffs. We won't win every game, but if we play like that every night, we'll make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's true, um, but they do only have 63 games played, so they have that advantage on the Islanders, Penguins, mm-hmm. and Panthers, who are ahead of them. Mm-hmm. So I hope one of these fun teams make it. I, I mean, Ottawa, Buffalo, Detroit. Detroit's cooked if they lose tonight. <laughs> but even if they win tonight, they'll still only be at 67 points. Um, I think they're probably cooked anyway, but like I will use the D word if they lose tonight. <laughs> the only words, <laughs> the only words that are the only teams that are dead in the East are Philly, Montreal and Columbus. And then the teams that are dead in the West, the list is a little longer. Yeah. Uh, the Blues, Vancouver, Arizona, Anaheim, San Jose, Chicago. Calgary and Nashville are still alive. Unlike, don't, I'm not saying they're making playoffs. They're on life support. They're they're not D yet. I wouldn't say the Flames are on life support. I would say the Preds are. Uh, But the Flames have 65 games played and the Preds only have 65. I know, they have a lot of, that's that's the thing. Oh, Nashville's not, no, Calgary's more on life support than Nashville. (laughs) Neither of them are on life support. But they're close to being on life support. Yeah, that's that's tough. It is Na- tough. Nashville has a really good goalie. Saros has been outstanding this year. Not Vesna nominated again like last year, but still very, be very a good. Bit better. Well, I thought they'd be marginally better. <laughs> dead wrong about the Predators this year. Even if they make playoffs, dead wrong about the Predators this year. Um, But yeah, Vegas Golden Knights and Los Angeles Kings. Mm-hmm. Quick is all of a sudden on Vegas. They all of a sudden have the same number of points. What's it's going on in the Pacific? The Pacific we, Division, man. That's we the weird. That's the weirdo uh, division. That that's Ravenclaw. Of if you were to give each team like a house, the Pacific Division would be Ravenclaw. Okay, it's a tight race right now. I love it, and you know what's interesting: the second to last season or the second to last week of the regular season, they play each other, which 
the winner of the division could very well come down to who wins that game. I think it's like when Vegas has like four games remaining in the schedule. So, I mean, that could easily play a role on who wins the division. And their schedules, I looked over both teams' schedules. They're very similar in terms of strength. They got a mix of a couple playoff teams, a couple Vancouver's, Columbus's here and there, right? But other than that, they're very equal. I give Vegas the advantage because of they have an extra game in hand. So they'll have the extra two points potentially to do what they want with it, whether they, however they use it, we'll see. But I give the Kings the upper hand. And if they've been on a hot streak lately, they've won four in a row. They've been, you know, playing some great hockey. Advantage Kings there, advantage Vegas because they have the extra game. And even with the extra game, if they win their matchup against the Kings, that'll play an even bigger role in who wins the division. So it's kind of split either way. It really could go either way right now. Do you remember our friend Russell? He came on our show and talked about the Kings with us. Yeah. He is a very interesting follow. I don't know if you follow him on Twitter at NHL Russell. He's one of my favorite Kings follows. I join his Twitter space and listen every now and again, because I like to be informed on all 32 teams. I'm participating in conversations about every team in the league. Cause I want to be as informed as possible. It can't just mm-hmm. always be about the devils all the time, even though I wish it was. Um, he tweeted the other day that he believes the Kings, the 37, 20 and eight Kings who are tied for the lead in the Western conference are in the Bedard sweepstakes. If they don't have Phoenix Copley. Wow. And you'll start looking around a little bit. Some of these advanced stats support that claim. Always being outshot to hell. Always puck possession favoring the other team. The devil smoked them both times they played them. Um, they. It's an interesting. That's interesting. Team. Yeah, it is. Out of every team in the playoffs, above the playoff line. They're the only one not at a plus 10 or better goal differential. Wow. They're plus five. And if, you know, if they lose two or three more games in a row here, they could, you know, be negative. Yet, yet tied for the most points in the Western Conference because the goalie is, in fact, part of the team. Mm -hmm. And so when I start looking at the other Eastern Conference teams and comparing them, I'm like, well, they're not better than the top three in the Metro or the Atlantic. Would I take the Islanders, Penguins, Panthers over them? Yeah, maybe, actually. <laughs> yeah. In a seven-game series? Maybe. Like, I, I, I think the West, like, kind of stinks. The reason I think the West winner could win the Stanley Cup is because of the fact that, like, whoever comes out of the West might be a little – might have more fresh air. They might be less beat up. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, man. This race between these two teams. It would be funny to me if Quick plays for Vegas in that game and clinches the division over them, gets home ice. Then the Kings are stuck playing either Edmonton or Seattle and then get bounced in the first round. But the selfish guy in me wants Phoenix Copley to elevate the Kings enough where they squeak out the division title 
and then give me the battle of the original 32 in the first round. Give me Seattle versus Vegas in the first round. I mean that. <laughs> I think that is what I would sign up for if I really? could the most. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I know there's love for Vegas on your side, so you probably want them to win the division and whatnot. Yeah, I do want them to win the division. No. Screw that. Give me the two most recent expansion teams. But why not them meet in the second round? Because I'm not positive Seattle would beat LA or Edmonton. I like them making the playoffs. Let's roll the dice. I don't like them. I don't like them in a seven game series. Yeah, but I want to root for Seattle. I'm not rooting against Vegas. No, I know you're not rooting against Vegas. I would probably I don't know who I would root for. I don't think I would have a rooting interest in that series. I honestly think the only series I would have a rooting interest in is Leafs, Bruins, Devils. Wild. I would I would want the Wild to beat Colorado. Um I would pick Edmonton to beat anyone in the West besides the Wild too. Other than that, just give me the good hawk, man. Give me the good hawk. Give me Vegas versus Seattle. These two It'd be really cool. baby franchises. We'd set up a rivalry that leads into the Winter Classic. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> yes. But I'll take it in the second round. Feed. If I was guaranteed it in the second round, I would agree. Because then there's more on the line the, I, to go like, in the conference finals. Like last year, I didn't want the Battle of Alberta in the first round because I was convinced they that could be in the second round and the winner could go to the conference finals. This year, I'm not quite as confident in any team in the West. Like if I think if we were to do our playoff bracket today, you're going to think I'm fucking crazy. I would have an all Canadian Stanley Cup final, I think. Really? I think I would have Edmonton play Toronto. And I think it might be the Bruins, but everyone in the goddamn league and their mom are going to yeah, pick the Bruins, to win. the Bruins. I'm not picking not the Bruins. Win. In our bracket for money, I'm not picking the Bruins, you even if win. I genuinely You'd think. You'd have to get like really lucky in the yes. first round. Yes. You would have to go undefeated in the first round, I think. Probably, and get a couple series correct. And so I think I'm, even though I do think the Bruins might win the cup, I might not pick them in the bracket because, like you said, seven people have the Bruins, and it's like. What's the freaking point? I'd rather be dead in the third round with at least a chance going into it. So, but yeah, I, I like Edmonton in the playoffs. I, I don't know why. I mean, I, I do know why it has to do with number 97 and 29, <laughs> but I don't know. This is a fun conversation. That, 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 that uh, Vegas versus Seattle potential series. Oh, I'd be eating every night. I would need good snacks for that series. It would probably start at 9 o'clock. The Devils will have already gotten their <laughs> big win over the Rangers because they're a top-five team. They <laughs> they I would mean, already they would already have their big win that they got, and then right when that game ends, you slide me right into Vegas versus Seattle. I mean, I think it'd be a great series. I'm not saying I don't want it. I think no, that's I know. What you, I get what you mean. I honestly think I have. I mean, I own a piece of gear for each team. It'd be tough. I like yeah. Seattle. I got nothing wrong with Seattle. I do you believe it's human nature to enjoy the newest team? Yeah. For at least a little bit. Uh huh. You might hate Seattle in five years. Yeah. If they piss you off with your love, because I believe your love for Vegas goes beyond them being new. 
No, I because love Vegas. I believe, no. yeah, I believe the Vegas hockey franchise would be your second favorite team, even if they came in before Absolutely. your life existed. Um. So yeah, I, I give you a pass on, but I think with Seattle, and I I was guilty of this with Seattle and Vegas. I I think there's like a natural human instinct to like enjoy the new company, and then they'll they'll start to piss you off a little bit. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure. McCann McCann has a hat trick against Vegas in the first round. They start the series 0-1 and have to climb all the way back. Your love for Seattle won't be quite the same next year when we reach that Rinner Classic between the two teams. So, actually, you know what? Go Kings. I just decided I'm rooting for the Kings to keep winning. Oh, no. I'm glad the Devils got smoking them out of the way. And they got smoking. They lost in a shootout last game, but they beat them the other time. They're one zero and one against Vegas, two zero and zero against the Kings. One one and one again. No, one zero and one against Seattle. Can you believe that? Fourteen zero and two against the Pacific Division. That's insane. So you hope the Devils make it to the Cup and play a Pacific team? (laughs) Oh yeah! Oh yeah! One hundred percent. Devils, Oilers. Vinny's, you know, licking his chops. I mean, one zero and one against the Wild. Well, the Wild are in the Central. I know. I, I they fared well against them too, is what I was getting. Oh. Uh, one zero and one against Dallas. Wow. Or no, one one and zero against Dallas. They lost in regulation the first time. They beat them the second time. Jack Hughes in overtime. Two zero and zero against Colorado. And then F Winnipeg, <laughs> the Ginnipeg Wets. Frank, are the top eight in the West the final eight in your opinion? Yes. We mm-hmm. agree. We agree. We got it locked up. It's the East of last year. I didn't realize the. Fl- I was gonna. I was gonna debate you. Like my goal was to go into this and debate you. And. I can't. The Flames having 65 games played. Well, that's the reason. They have so yeah. many games played. Nashville yeah. has a better chance. They're four oh, They're four games behind. Or we'll say they're three games behind Winnipeg. If they win all three, that will be six points, which would tie them with Winnipeg. So they're not going to win all three though. I think like, that's the thing that like, I don't know. Nashville is less dead than Calgary. I just decided. I just decided that live. Well, on Nashville's air. got 61 games played. Yeah. Right. They got four games in hand. Of course they're less dead than Calgary. Yeah. That's a lot of games in hand. That's a boatload. We're talking so, about a week's worth of hockey. Yeah. To me, if I'm Nashville though, I'm not even, I don't care about Calgary. No, I'm, look, I'm I got well, my absolutely. eyes locked on Winnip- Winnipeg. Correct. You hey, Colorado's not safe. Oh no, trust me, I'm high up on Colorado again. I'm high up on Colorado too because of their roster. They're gonna be dangerous come the playoffs. I'm telling you, there's not gonna be a team in the West that'll be no. happy drawing them in the first. I game. agree. I agree. But are they gonna be healthy? We don't know for sure if Landis Cog is gonna play. What's up with Kale McCarr? I know he came back. But like they are one bad injury away from me. Done. And this happens every year, too. This does happen almost every year. The defending Stanley Cup champion comes into the playoffs, and everyone's like, eh, I don't know. They're going to be <laughs> tough. And then they get smoked. 
And then you got people saying, well, it's so hard to win the cup in back-to-back years. happened with the Blackhawks. That's why what Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay did was so impressive because it's hard to win back-to-back. So when the Wild smoked the avalanche in the first round this year, people are going to say the same. That's not even my prediction. But, like, stuff like that happens. And Nashville would be one point behind Colorado if they won all their games. Oh, Colorado only has 62 games played, though. This stuff matters, Frank. Oh, I know. This stuff matters. It does. I think the top eight's the top eight, though. 100%. I was looking for ways to debate. And I debated with myself into agreeing with you. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Frank, there's one thing I wanted to talk about here with you. And this is, I'm going to literally leave the jokes aside for a second. Okay. The draft lottery. There were some Blackhawks fans in my mentions the other day. Because I tweeted about how much I really like Lucas Reichel. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that is genuinely from the bottom of my heart. I like Lucas Reichel. Um, are there some players that were drafted after them, after him that have been quicker to making an impact at the NHL level? Yes, there are. Those players are not on teams that took a dive down the shitter since that draft, like the Blackhawks have. Mm-hmm. So I think if Lucas Reichel was drafted by the Devils, for example, or the Rangers, or a team that's above water right now, he probably would have 10 to 11 goals in the NHL at this point and maybe be a little bit farther along in his development. But I really like what I see from him. That breakaway goal, there aren't many players who can have that kind of breakaway speed against a good team like Ottawa to get get in there and make a good play. I can't remember who was back-checking him. I, it might have been Shabbat. <laughs> I don't remember if it, it was one of their D. And pretty goal, pretty goal. And I tweeted about Bedard possibly playing with Reichel next year mm-hmm. and the comments we're playing ourselves out of Bedard I'm like no you're not you won one game you snapped a four game losing streak and let's look at the last couple lottery winners last year Montreal won the draft lottery with the worst record in the NHL they had the highest odds to win mm-hmm And what happened? The Devils moved up from the fifth worst record to pick second with the second lottery odds. Okay? How about 2021? The Buffalo Sabres, they moved up from, I believe they moved up from two to one. And then the Kraken moved up from three to two leaving Anaheim third. They got McTavish. I'm pretty sure that's how it worked. I might be wrong on one or two. That sounds right. Then 2020 happens. 2020 is bullshit. Don't look at what happened in 2020 for any diagnosis on what you on your predictions for this upcoming draft. They had the teams that got bounced in the play-in round in the bubble. Mm-hmm. They gave them a chance to win the lottery, too, and the freaking Rangers won it. Because they got bounced by Carolina in the bubble. If I was the teams not invited to the bubble, I believe it was the Devils, Sharks, Anaheim, Ottawa, Arizona. No, Arizona did play in the bubble. They had Taylor Hall. It was all the bad teams at that time. I'd be pissed. Screw 2020. Forget about it. Mulligan lottery doesn't matter with what happens this year. 
2019. The Devils moved up from the third spot to the top spot to select Jack Hughes. The Rangers moved up from like the 11th spot to get Capo Caco. And the Hawks moved up from like the 12th or 13th spot for the third overall pick to get Kirby Doc. 2018, Buffalo had the worst record in the NHL. They won Rasmus Dahlin. Okay. The year before that, 2017, the Devils had the sixth best odds. They won Nico Heischer. The Flyers had like the eighth best odds. They moved up to two to select um, Nolan Patrick. And the Dallas Stars had like the eight, ninth best odds. They moved up to three and selected Miro Heiskanen, leaving the real lottery winner, Colorado Avalanche, sitting there at four to take Kale McCarr, even, mm-hmm. though, even though the Stars and Devils are both very happy with their picks. Um, I'm trying 2016, the Maple Leafs. They had the worst record in the NHL. They won the lottery. They got Austin Matthews. But the Winnipeg Jets moved up to two from like 10. And the Columbus Blue Jackets were like six or seven, moved up to three. Got Pierre-Luc Dubois before trading him to for Winnipeg for Line, who went second. It was like a funny little. Right. But my, the point I'm trying to make is, regardless of where teams finish, it's not a lock that you don't win the lottery. And finishing in dead last they could still be picking third. Yeah. So it's one of those things like, do I want them to lose every game and have a 25% chance at Bedard? Yes, I do. I'm guilty of it just like everybody else, but I'm not going to sit there feeling sorry for myself. Like anything can happen with these lottery balls. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to address that with you here on the show today. Yeah, you're completely right. I mean, I, they're still like, yeah, they won one game. They're still two points from becoming the worst team. They're in 31st place. And while, yeah, obviously finishing last in the league not only guarantees you a 25% chance of getting the number one overall pick, but it does guarantee you at least the third overall pick, which would be phenomenal in this year's draft. But even if the Hawks finish second to last, you're guaranteed fourth, which there's nothing wrong with fourth. Um, So, I mean, at the end of the day, people – a lot of people shouldn't be upset that they won one game, right? I, I think people could have been more upset when they went on like that three, four game win streak. But still, I mean, even after that, you're still, you've been so bad lately that it doesn't matter. I mean, yet 13% world's different than 25%. You want the 25%, but you gave a perfect example of not always the worst team wins the draft lottery. You still got great opportunities to win Connor Bedard here or Fantilli or um, Leo Carlson. So, I mean, you finish last, you're guaranteed somebody good. You finish second to last, you're guaranteed somebody good. You finish third to last, you're walking away with somebody pretty good. So, and I think that's where they're going to finish. The Hawks will not finish better than 30th in the league. They will finish 30th, 31st, or 32nd. They're not going to be 29th. Um, so I think they're in good hands. They have the most first round draft picks for the next three years. I think they got eight first round draft picks over the course of the next three years, which is just unheard of. Could be nine. If the Rangers make the conference finals, they got, they got a boatload of second round and third round draft picks for the upcoming year. I think they're in good hands regardless of who they get. I wholeheartedly think they still come in 32nd. Which they very much could. And I'll tell you why. 
Columbus got out to a 4 nothing lead against Pittsburgh yesterday and blew it because they stink, but they got out to a 4 nothing lead. The Hawks beat Ottawa 5 nothing, but they played like dog shit. All right. Columbus didn't play like dog shit, right? So, and Columbus didn't trade away their whole team. Yeah, they still Col- got Goudreau. And they still very much planned. They, they came into this year trying to win. The Hawks did not. And Anaheim didn't sell as much as I thought they were going to. I thought, I mean, they got rid of Kulikov and uh, Klingberg. But, like, I thought they'd sell just as much as the Hawks. And they didn't. And you knew they wouldn't. I mean, Zegris, McTavish, those guys are going all over the place. Do you, did you end up getting the Zegris goal? No, I don't have my phone near me. No, I mean on the computer. Oh, I can like pull it show. up. Yeah, I could keep talking. I mean... Zegers is absolutely unbelievable and he's scoring goals like the one he did last night and everybody is praising the Zegers goal that he scored but nobody's making comments about the pass that uh, Ryan Strom made to feed him or the play that Zegers made to get Ryan Strom the puck I mean it was just an overall great play the Hawks don't have players that are going to be doing these kinds of things down the stretch Mm -hmm. and I think it's a compliment to say that you got this top five farm system. It might be top four now. I don't know how things are going to be ranked as after the trade deadline has passed. Um, I got the goal. I'm going right. to pull it up here. Frankie's going to pull up the goal here of Trevor Zegris scoring yep. a crazy, crazy, crazy goal yesterday. Um, I believe it was against the Kraken. Yeah, there we go. And so you could you can keep the audio muted just so we don't get any issues. But Zegers, he's got the puck here in the zone, and he makes this crazy play to strip the puck, and then it ends up on the stick. <laughs> oh my god! Of Strom, what was going on? I tried to do something fancy, and then he puts it through his legs, and he scores the goal on Philip Grubauer. I'm gonna roll that one more time. Well, it's gonna show a, a better replay right here anyway. So he takes the sick pass. Puts it through his leg. Boom. I mean, that's hard to pull off and chow. Like, that's really hard to pull off and chow. Trevor Zegers is the pretty guy who likes to do pretty fancy things. Yeah. I'm not positive Zegers will ever be 100 points. But he'll have 80, be really good on defense, and all the goals will look like that. Right? Like, yeah. He's silky smooth. That play right there where he strips the puck. I believe that's McCann he took it from, and then it ends up on the defensor, defenseman stick, and that pass by Ryan Strong. I know. I it mean, the entire play, the, the Hawks aren't doing that, right? Like, that stuff's not happening. And it is for the Ducks. They have a bright future, too. I honestly, I would love a world where the Hawks and the Ducks meet in the conference finals again, led by Fantilli and Bedard. Mm-hmm. I mean, sign me up for that world. I don't want Columbus to win. They're the only, I mean, I like Ohio and I wouldn't cry if they won, but I don't know, man, that's if anybody wins except the Hawks. <laughs> yeah. Zegers has what? 40 something points now. I mean, he's a really good player and or 50 something points, but I don't know. We, we've been kind of outside of my rants about, you know, the devils and whatnot. It's been a pretty Western conference heavy episode oh buffalo too yeah we talked a little bit about buffalo well, i feel like the west did more on trade deadline day 
I could just be crazy wrong about that because there was a lot of smaller moves on deadline day, whereas a lot of the big moves that involved the East were ahead of time. Horvat, Tarasenko, Kane, Meyer. I think you're right. I think all in all, kind of even maybe. But on trade deadline day, yeah. Yeah. I just wonder if teams in the West were like, none of us are beating the Bruins, Rangers, Devils, Hurricanes, Lightning or Leafs. So let's save it for next year. Let's keep these assets. I do wonder if that's the case. I don't know. You know, the top teams. If you're Vegas, like it kind of sucks if you go in with that mindset though. I know. I would never want that mindset. Or like, I know. Kinda, like if I found out that that's how my organization was ran, there'd be some changes. Yeah. Well, I just named six teams. Two of them are guaranteed to be out in the first round. And pretty much all of them are going to be out in the second round. So once Frankie figures out his Walmart connection again, we'll get back to uh, what we were talking about before and move on into period number three where we are going to, you know, get into things a little bit. But I think Frankie's back. Is Frankie back? It's it's weird. It's like... It's not the connection. It's the computer doing that. It, like, goes black screen. Oh. I'm not losing internet connection. I'm just, it's, it's like, going black, and I have to re-log in. That's wild. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before. I don't understand what's going on. Huh. But anyway. Yeah, I don't know, Frank. But, yeah, it I should be pretty interesting. As I was saying, I would be, like, changes would have to come if that's the way the organization's ran. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, VP. I don't know either, but we are going to get to some pretty fun topics here in period number three. Welcome to period three, where we got some, some things planned. We, I'm going to talk about some things. Well, well, you could talk about hockey if you want. I mean, this is the world is your oyster type of period. And you what? I don't eat oysters. What's the matter with you? You eat oysters? Or you're telling me you're a big oyster guy on the I regular? Would, I would absolutely eat oysters. I never said I wouldn't eat oysters. I just said I don't. It's well, like, it's not like you don't eat lobster regularly. I, I probably haven't had lobster in close to a year. Yeah. But like when someone says, do you eat lobster? I would say absolutely. I mean, it's not my first choice. I've eaten it, but. I'm not a, the biggest seafood guy. Yeah, I know. It's nobody that, that that's one of those things where like nobody's perfect. <laughs> like what's something about me where nobody's perfect? Like, you don't I, like ranch. Beautiful example. Because unlike you and most other muppets out there, I admit when like I wish I liked something. You wish you liked ranch? Oh, without question. You feel like you're left out? Yes. Yes, I do. And like, You honestly feel like you're left out. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Because there are so many good ranches out there. And people are like, oh, Chili's, Chili's ranch is oh so good. God. I dip my chips in it. Or the ranch from Wingstop is so good. I'm like, well, I wish I could try. You know who's got a really good ranch, too? Buffalo Wild Wings. I've heard B-Dubs has a nice yep. ranch. You know what's odd, though? Most places with good ranches also have a good blue cheese dip. Like, every time yeah. I, I dip my wings in blue cheese. Yeah, I'm not a blue cheese guy. Okay. 
and I don't know if it's like one or the other. The only person I know that loves both is Dylan. And but he does say I think he says ranch is better overall, but wings belong in blue cheese. G loves it too. She's well, a big blue cheese ranch. I do believe I oh both. Uh-huh. Yeah, I do believe wings belong in blue cheese. When the buffalo wing was invented, I think buffalo wings. Cheese. Maybe maybe that's why like me buffalo wings take them or leave them. But if I like blue cheese, I might have a different aspect. That's fair. But every time someone like raves about a place's ranch, I always end up loving their blue cheese. I don't know if there's a correlation. Well, don't they both use like the same base? I don't know. I have no clue. Like, isn't blue cheese and ranch kind of like similarly? Like, am I wrong? Uh, the, well, the blue cheese uh, itself is like a thicker. Doesn't meal. blue cheese have a hint of ranch in it to make it creamier? Or no, I don't I have know. No idea. I would say no. I didn't I, say no too because that wouldn't make sense. But I think they have some similarities. I'm sure they do. I'm sure there are plenty of similar properties, and there there's ranch with blue cheese in it that you could buy. And I'm doing some research. I don't know, but I dip. I like dipping wings in blue cheese because that I do believe that is where they were, it was designed. But I understand people dipping them in ranch as well. Um, I it says they're both dairy based dressings. That's fair. That's fair. Maybe the dairy in them. I mean, it says they have the same, they share the same look, consistency, and almost identical flavor, but I wouldn't say almost identical flavor. Yeah, I wouldn't either. The world's different, but the ranch gets a zesty kick from the addition of herbs like dill and chives against the backdrop of sour buttermilk. I think they're just both really dairy. Yeah. (laughs) You know what's funny? I hate actual blue cheese. And I... Clumps of blue cheese, like like blue on a burger, yeah. yeah, like on a bur- like nasty, won't eat it. But the dressing, and I only like it for wings. I would never dip anything else in it. It's specific to wings. Did you hear my like shoulder pop? Yeah, you got a nice little, nice little massage. Massage. I'm like, I'm like cramping up over here. Yeah, now I want timeout. Um, Frank, it is your turn. For Frank's video game corner, I mean, we need always throw like for I know we do. that would be cool. That would be, be like, beep, 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 beep. we can get like a cartoon Frank, 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 playing Frank, like video Frank. games or something. Like, yeah. like hey, <laughs> it's Frank's video game. Cook a corner time. Never say never, VP. Now I'm going to be working on things. We could get Frank the Tank to sing the intro. It's time for Frankie's video game corner. Did you know before you get into Frank's video game corner, Frank Fleming, Frank the Tank, has done an intro for the Barroom Network before. Has he really? Yeah, we had this guy, Mikey Betts. He was with the Barroom Network for a long time. And Mikey Betts' intro, it was Frank Fleming, Frank the Tank. It's the Mikey Betts show. It's time for the Mikey Betts show. And I remember one time I asked Aldo, I was like, is that Frank the Tank singing the intro to the Mikey Betts show? (laughs) I was like, what the hell? (laughs) That's funny. All right, Frank's video game corner floor is yours. I will shut up starting now. All right, well, you know, there's always stuff to talk about in the video game world. Um, a little less than usual, but 
first off, I want to start off with there's a new RPG game that came out that, you know, I think a lot of people enjoy. It's called Wulong Fallen Dynasty. It's an RPG, not on the level of Elden Ring was at the, around this time last year, but nonetheless, trying to defend the three kingdoms from demons. You're like the samurai Chinese martial arts type character. And I mean, anybody who likes RPG is really going to enjoy it. That's been a hot commodity lately. A lot of people have been enjoying it. Did some content on that over at App Trigger. So if you're interested to learn more about it, go to apptrigger.com and you could uh, read all about that. Resident Evil 4 is making a return. They're doing a remake uh, of, on the game. Apparently, I never played it, but apparently it's probably one of the best horror video games of all time. I know Dylan's a huge fan for it. He's talking about it a lot. That comes out March 24th. There will be a Capcom um, stream kind of spotlight taking place this week. Uh, I believe it's tomorrow. And sources are telling me that they're probably going to announce the demo for Resident Evil 4 prior to the release because they have confirmed there is a demo. There hasn't been a release date on that as of yet. And if it's not announced tomorrow, I don't know when it's going to be because the full game comes out in two weeks. So probably going to be announced tomorrow so players could and gamers could look forward to that if you're a huge uh fan of the resident evil franchise i mean then you're going to be pumped for this it's one of the greatest franchises of all time um so yeah you got that to look forward to also diablo 4 kicks off in june the next installment of the diablo franchise but players could play diablo 4 a bit earlier starting on march 17th when the beta launches on weekend this will be weekend one starting march 17th you could gain access to the open beta by pre-ordering the game or if you want to wait till a week later till weekend number two the beta will be open to all sorts of players that you could download get in the game Get a three-month appetizer before the main course uh, when the game comes out in June. So you could also, if you're a Diablo fan, check that out. If you have the game pre-ordered, you'll be playing Diablo 4 this, uh, not this weekend, next weekend. Um, so you have that to look forward to as well. VP, MLB The Show 23 comes out on March 28th. There's some new modes. Uh, Diamond Dynasty is seeing some new changes. Do you remember in uh, NHL? When they had synergies for Hut, when you had like add players to the team, and then you could get boost based on if they messed well with chemistry and stuff like that. Well, Diamond Dynasty, which is uh, MLB's version of Hut or Mutt, is adding something called captains. Um, and captains is like you go, you set a captain out on your team. Not every captain is, uh, or not every player could be a captain. It's got to be a captain specific card. That'll be new this year. And if you like, for example, um, I forgot what player they used as like an old timer who played in the fifties and sixties, maybe Willie Mays, uh, could be they, you set him as your captain. And if you build your team around players who've played in the fifties and sixties, you get boost stats boost. It's like a way to like have team chemistry, theme team, stuff like that it entices players to go out and try to like create a team around one theme, which I love. The more players you got, the better your team's going to be, the more boosts they're going to get. So that's pretty interesting in MLB. That comes out on May, March 28th. And then one of the last things I want to talk about, because I discussed this with you a lot over the past coming months, is Hogwarts Legacy for PS4 and Xbox One has been delayed an extra month which is heartbreaking for gamers who own last-generation consoles, such as the PS4 or the Xbox One. It'll be delayed till May 5th. 
Uh, the developers just want to get everything right with the game. They don't want to rush it out, have a you know bad taste in the mouth. And especially because of how good the game has been on current generation consoles, such as the Xbox Series X, the Xbox Series S, or the PlayStation 5. They don't want to take any chances here, so they're pushing it back a month, which is kind of devastating. But you know what I say? If you don't own a PlayStation 5 or Xbox One as of yet, then, I mean, you can only blame yourself. They're not as tough to get anymore. Um, so I highly suggest investing in one because games aren't going to be made on PlayStation 4 or Xbox One much longer. So if you're a gamer, you're going to have to invest in a newer console, and luckily they're much easier to get. But that is uh, my little tidbit I got you, I got for you on my little updates. So, yeah. If I play Hogwarts on Xbox One starting on... May the fourth be may the fifth be with you. <laughs> um, will it be the exact same game? Yes, but you're not going to have the crisp graphics that you would get on the next generation console because they're. If you, I assume you'd play it on Xbox One. It's not as powerful as the Xbox Series S, but I mean, it is the same game. You're going to get the same features, the same houses, the same content. So yeah, but you get more bang for your buck investing in a you know a newer console and a better game i mean it'll be more enjoyable on an xbox series x over the xbox one that makes sense i have a friend on twitter i don't know if i would say a friend but a a mutual following um ashley sanders okay she is the content specialist for mlb the show cool so we're going to try and get her on either South Burbs yeah, or Crosstown cool. or both. Uh, maybe if we get her on Crosstown, you could be a special guest co-host. Yeah, um, for sure. And Skyler says, hopefully they fix the contracts in my player mode. I haven't heard any bit of information on my player mode, so I don't know if they didn't put as much work into that. All I've been hearing lately is Diamond Dynasty. It seems like they focused a lot of their time this year on Diamond Dynasty. They're even adding ranked co-op mode which is new for the first time in the f- series for Diamond Dynasty. So you you and a friend are like put a collaboration of your team together and create a team and climb the ranks competitively, which is new this year. So like I think they've done most of their interest in Diamond Dynasty this year. I haven't heard anything on my player mode. Very fair. Very fair. Frank, it is officially, well, not officially, the new league year begins on March the 15th. For the National Football March League. March the 15th be with you. March the 15th be with you. I can't wait, first of all. But the offseason explorations have already begun. Um, Lamar Jackson was given the non-exclusive franchise tag. Yep. Meaning any team in the NFL is now free to negotiate a contract with Lamar Jackson. As long as they have two first-round picks available to hand the Ravens if the Ravens choose to not match said contract, there is a very good chance that Lamar Jackson, a former NFL MVP, winner of multiple playoff games, plays for a different team next year. There are a couple teams that have denounced the idea that they would be involved, including the team that I would have bet Every penny he was going to, the Atlanta Falcons. I thought for sure he was going to the Falcons. He's not, according to them, which makes me wonder if they're trading up to the Bears for one to try and draft a quarter. I mean, there are so many different in, mm-hmm. like things that are going on here. 
But and then you have the New York Jets who flew to Green Bay yesterday to have a meeting mm-hmm. with Mr. Ayahuasca Darkness Retreat himself, Aaron Rodgers. We're already off to a big start with football. Talk. Not to mention Derek Carr is going to the Saints. Derek Carr to the New Orleans Saints. There's some movement around. The AFC has been a little bit changed up the past couple days. I mean, you got to be as excited as anyone for this stuff. I am. and I, You know, I just don't see Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. He's got that mindset, personality in his brain. It's like I could just picture him saying, I don't want to play for the New York Jets. That's good, though. I, I, yeah, but it's Aaron Rodgers. I just, that's him. That's Aaron Rodgers. He's got that ego. Like, I'm better than the Jets. He doesn't want to go play for the New York Jets. I'm all in on him playing for the Jets. That's insane. I would bet my next three paychecks he plays for them. That's insane. It's either them or Ayahuasca, Darkness Retreats, Jeopardy. Wow. Done. It is Jordan Love time in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I am a frequent visitor to Wisconsin. I'm around Cheeseheads frequently now. I hope they stink. He says, imagine he goes to the Jets and then in two years, the Vikings. (laughs) Listen, without mentioning any names, the great – I'm not even going to get into it. I'm not getting myself into trouble. I'm being that <laughs> serious. I, I don't want to talk about that guy. Um, yeah, no, not something I am taking any sort of comment on. Um, I mean, I'm getting a little, getting a little nervous. Um, I hope Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets so bad. Oh, get him out of here. See you later. Gone. Out of my life forever. I never have to deal with you ever again. Please go to the New York Jets. I have family that likes the Jets. J-E-T-S. Jets. 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 All my Devils Twitter followers. J-E-T-S. Jets. 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 Get out of here, bozo. VP's we don't want you anymore. Aaron Rodgers guy on the Jets. I won't even be a big Aaron Rodgers guy. I just want him out of my life forever. Have you ever heard the song Vacation by Simple Plan? I know a girl who's obsessed with a guy. Yeah. She, uh, it's a song about yeah. a girl who won't leave a guy that has absolutely no interest in her alone. And the guy just wants her to get on a flight and go away and never bother him ever again. <laughs> I am the guy that has absolutely no interest in Aaron Rodgers whatsoever. And I want him to get on an airplane and get out of my life forever. I will pay for the flight to get him out of here. I am done with Aaron Rodgers tormenting and ruining my life. Bye-bye, Bozo, off to the New York Jets for you. We'll see. The odds shifted because you could bet on what teams. You see the Super odds now? Yeah. <laughs> but I just – I don't know. I mean, anytime there's talk about this, and there's the odd shift, but I don't know. That much? 2,500 to plus He's got a big ego. <laughs> 2,500 to plus 1,600. I mean, they're right there with, like, the Jaguars and the Bengals. He's got a big ego, VP. He does. There's no way he would. What's a better place to have a big ego than New York? Who are the biggest stars in New York? Doesn't matter. Athlete-wise. 
doesn't matter. Who are? I don't know. Uh, Aaron Judge? I'd, I'd have to think. Yeah, Aaron Judge. Josh uh, Allen? Josh. No, the uh, Buffalo don't count. I'm talking like New York City. Like the Big Apple. Peter Alonzo? DeGrom's gone, so I would probably say Peter Alonzo is one of them on the Mets. Um, Patrick Kane? Artemi Panarin? Nobody on the Islanders, really. I mean, Horvat and Barzell are elite players, but they're not star like 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 faces on a billboard. Max, Max Scherzer, hundred yeah. percent. Aaron Judge. Um, nobody on the Knicks is good. Nobody on the Nets is good anymore. Um, I'm missing a sport though: hockey, baseball, football. No, you nailed it. Uh, hockey, baseball, football, mm-hmm. basketball. Yeah, Nets. They, they yeah. Aaron Rodgers can go there and be the king of New York. He could take over for Henrik Lundqvist as the king of New York. Yeah, he won't, though. Ego's too big. This is a bar down, no money because we're poor, bet. Frankie says he plays for the Green Bay Packers next year. I say he plays for the New York Jets next year. I'm convinced. I, I have it as like a lock. Well, I'm not saying he stays with the Packers. I just don't know if he's going to the Jets. What about retirement? No, he won't retire. Once again, his ego's too big. He's not done. This is Aaron Rodgers. He's got something to prove. There's only one thing about him retiring. If he retires and says, I would rather... It would have to be a a thing for him because he's kind of a hippie. Not kind of. He is a hippie. I watch every Aaron Rodgers Tuesday as if my life depends on it. He would be leaving $60 million on the table if he retires, <laughs> which would basically be him saying, I would pay $60 million to not pay play for the Green Bay Packers or the New York Jets. Nobody else is interested. The Raiders are rebuilding. I don't see how the 49ers keep the best roster in the NFL if they pay Aaron Rodgers all that money. They have to start getting rid of some pieces on defense. Because the NFL is like the NHL where there's a hard, undisputable salary cap. Uh, so I don't think they do that, the 49ers. Even though the 49ers would make sense, I think their overall elite roster would decrease. Mm-hmm. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. I don't know. It's going to be will. great. It's going to be so great, Frank. What do you think we're going to know? I mean... The new league year starts the 15th. I don't imagine he keeps anybody waiting too long because there's free agency. Mm-hmm. Then there's the draft. Teams got to start planning. I mean, eventually people are going to say, I already think the Packers have moved on. It's Jordan Love time, baby. I don't hate Jordan Love. I mean, not yet. Oh, I'll hate him real quick. <laughs> I'll go from thinking he's a goofy goober to hating his ass real quick, depending on how he plays. Yeah, the worst case scenario, you buy a cheese head and you flip. No, 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 no. <laughs> I go, when I go to Wisconsin, I embrace the Bears. Like, you have no You don't idea. want to buy, like, one of those cheese heads they got? I would if I were a Packers fan, without question. <laughs> without question. There are a couple things my rivals do that I would, like, love to participate in. The Cubs have the walking bear logo, mm-hmm. and they sell a white hat with the walking bear logo in, is blue. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite hats in Major League Baseball. It will never go on this head, but I would love for it to because it's awesome. 
Same thing with the cheese. I would like to get a cheese grater and wear That'd that to funny. a Bears-Packers game. They sell, they sell them at the Bears store at Soldiers. Do it. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. I'm sure they're not cheap, to be honest with you. They're no, probably... they're probably like 30 bucks. Oh, you think that cheap even? I was thinking like 50, 60. I hope 50? it's 30. Wait. For a foam hat? Frank, we have an unlimited amount of uh, information at our fingertips here. Cheese greater. 50 bucks, my ass. Hat bears. Okay. Skyler says, imagine the Giants watching the Jets sign Rodgers after severely overpaying Daniel Jones. (laughs) That would be kind of funny. Frank, you nailed it on the head, Frank. 30 bucks. They're about 30 bucks. Yeah, 50. I'd be like, are you kidding me? It's just foam. Well, you get them from greaterhead.com. Wow. That's uh, keep this PG. (laughs) That's funny. I want one of these. The greater? There there are some funny pictures here of people wearing them. You got people at Bears games, you got Seattle fans wearing them at Packer playoff games. Obviously, there's lots of Bears and Vikings, a couple Detroits. This is awesome. I want a cheese grater hat. I love football. Love football. Oh, man. And I'm, I'm like, now that the trade deadline's over, I've been writing about my Jags and my Bears a little bit more again. Derrick Henry on the trade block. Oof. Titans retooling a little bit. Probably. There's a lot going on. Also, Frank, in baseball. Keeping up with the World Baseball Classic at all? Uh, slightly. I'm interested. I saw a post of like the best player on each team. That was pretty cool. But yeah, when does that start? It started last night. Oh well, I guess I'm not keeping up with it that much. If I didn't even know when it started. Well, so here's the thing: there are four groups. I got information for you because okay. I want people to tune in tomorrow. Um, Pool A is in Taichung, which is in mm-hmm. Taiwan. And they started yesterday, and their group play goes through March 12th. Okay. Then today at 9 p.m., Australia and Korea kick off Pool B, which is taking place in Tokyo. You said 9 p.m.? Yeah. Okay. It's taking place in Tokyo. And that goes from March 8th to March 13th. That's group play. Obviously, there's playoffs after. Mm-hmm. Then Group C begins in Phoenix, Arizona on the 11th. And that's Team USA, Mexico, Great Britain, Canada, and that group, mm-hmm. Colombia. It's a good group. It's a solid group. It's probably the hardest group. Or this could be the hardest group, too. Pool D taking place in Miami. And that's where you have the Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Venezuela, some really, really good teams. I would put Dominican Republic and um, Dominican Republic, Venezuela, Team USA, those are the best teams, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Japan is in Group B, which starts tonight. Uh, Japan plays tomorrow versus the Republic of China. Um, that's at 4 a.m., though. I mean, yikes. Come on, VP. Be a trooper. If the White Sox had a prominent player, I mean, I would love to see Otani. But, like, I'll watch some Otani highlights when I wake up. <laughs> if a White Sox player was playing and I had to, like, cover it for and write about it, I would. I stayed up till 2 a.m. watching last night's game. It started. There's no pitch clock. And all of a sudden, I'm used to the pitch clock. And every, you, I don't give a fuck if you hate the pitch clock. It makes baseball games go faster. And 
all of a sudden yesterday, I'm like, I kind of missed the pitch clock because this game would be over by now. It was the seventh inning and one forty five. I'm not a I'm not a pitch clock hater by any means. I'm not what I'm about to say, but like, why are we why are we trying to speed up the game? I I don't know. All I'm saying, last night I was wishing for it because it was two in the morning. Yeah, but like, like, in a normal day, I don't more know. Baseball, right? Like, why are we trying to rush the game? I agree. You're right, but it is working. Listen to this. Oh, yeah. No, I know the stats surrounding the pitch clock. Games are being cut by like an hour. I know. The White Sox haven't played a single spring game over three hours yet. I know. It's crazy. And they played every single their first Every team's first two games last year were seven innings because of the lockout to ease people back in. Those games were way, like close to an hour longer mm-hmm. than the full nine-inning games that were the first two games this year. I mean – it's wor- It's doing what they want to, to do. I don't know if they think it'll like cause the ball to be put in play more and make the game more exciting, like the way hockey and football are like time-based and it's fast. I don't know if that's what they're going for. They're going to try it. It's been doing what they want it to do, but it's not in the World Baseball Classic. And last night, I'm like, I just want to publish this piece. <laughs> you, Yoan Moncada and Luis Robert are playing for Cuba. The piece is written. I, I basically I wrote it as if the game was over. They lost four to two and it was like the eighth inning. I'm like, okay, if the score changes, I'll just add whatever changes. Nothing ended up changing. But I was like, I just I'm tired. I want to go to bed. And <laughs> it's so funny. I ended up begging for the pitch clock. But you know, I'm sure I'll have its moments where I like it and hate it throughout the season. I'm open to anything. I, you know, I, I do believe you can adjust as a culture as time moves along. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll see. I don't know, but I'm excited to watch Team USA. It's one of the greatest collections of talent I've ever seen. It should be interesting. Yeah. So you can wa- watch Crosstown Crosstalk tomorrow, and we'll discuss some things going in deep on that. Um, and then I believe, I believe we're going to do, what's it called? Alyssa Bergamini as a guest mm-hmm. on South Burbs Hitman. Well, that'll be cool. But I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be our show next week or the week after it's coming. South Burbs Hitman is returning to the Barroom network. We already had our premiere episode with Jake Berger, mm-hmm. but working on details of when episode two is as the season starts so everybody should stay tuned on that and see where it's going but baseball's back and frank and i are excited we'll be joining the conversation all summer long and frankie as of right now is going to try and win everybody some money here comes money in america's favorite podcast segment of the week breaking bets where's my money bitch where's my money bitch How money no, shmoney. Here comes the shmoney. There you go. All right. Well, I didn't even tell you the floor is yours. Yeah. Who the f- do you think you are? I, did I start? You the f- I'm getting my, you know, I'm getting my graphics. Are, mother. Just kidding. Floor is yours. All right. Not bad. We're, we're not. I like, I like the statistics we got so far. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. 
better than being sub 50%. Right? People, I mean, you can make millions if you're over 50%. So, kicking it off in the NHL. NHL has been surprisingly hot, 6-3. and three. Uh, I think there's some good value on the table tonight between the Wild and the Jets. Uh, the game is being played in Winnipeg. And I like the Wild here. I think there's some value. The Wild money line is plus 118. They got shut out last game 1-0. You know, it's probably a pretty good idea to take a team after they get shut out because they're probably not going to get shut out again. They might come out. They might come out swinging a little bit. In the first two meetings between these two teams, the Jets have only been able to score one goal in each game. They've beaten four to one, six to one. Wild have been playing better as of late than the Jets have. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to go with the Minnesota Wild. I think there's value. I'm not going to take a team as like the Jets just because they're home when they haven't been playing as good. If the Jets win, so be it. But, I mean, the Wild have been playing pretty damn near one of the best teams in the league right now, the way they've been playing. So I'll take them at plus 118. I think that's great value. I highly suggest it as well. Pick number two, VP were only about a little over a week away from March Madness. I gotta start thinking about a March Madness bracket. It's it's right around that time. Election Sunday. I always do it the day after. This is we're in the meat. I know you guys like when I say this. The meat and potatoes. Hey, part of college basketball. The, all the tournaments are going on. The A10 uh, tournaments going on. The Big Ten, the Big Twelve. All these tournaments are going on. Um, so, with that being said, I mentioned the Big Ten. Ohio State versus Wisconsin. In the Big Ten tournament going on right now, you know, Ohio State below 500. They were plagued with injuries a lot of the year. Um, you know, they weren't really the Ohio State that everybody expected going into the season, but they've been better lately. Wisconsin, on the other hand, they're okay. You know, they're good defensively. They're not an elite team. They're not going to probably win the Big Ten tournament or probably go anywhere in March Madness if they even get in. But nonetheless, that being said, like I said, Wisconsin have one of the best defenses in the Big Ten. I like this game under 130.5 at minus 110. These teams don't push with a lot of pace. They're not up and down the court quick. They'll get the ball, take their possessions, take the full 30 seconds if need be, and kind of, you know, both teams kind of play like that. So there's not a lot of play pace in this game. The previous meeting that they had in the regular season, the final score is 65 60. I don't go all based off that all the time, but. There's no way that either of these teams should reach 70 points. And with that being said, with neither team most likely to reach that 70-point plateau, let's just hope that neither team get high 60s either, or if they do, hopefully only one of them do. I got each team pegged right in the 65-point range. Whether it's 68, 62, that would be 130. That would put it under. I don't see I, – I, I got them right in the 60s somewhere and maybe even lower in the high 50s. We'll see. I think 130 and a half is a fair number to take the under with how good uh, these defenses are and how slow each team plays. So Ohio State, Wisconsin, under 130 and a half at minus 110. Now, switching gears to the NBA, Um, you know – there's a game tonight between the Dallas Mavericks and the New Orleans Pelicans. Mavericks are healthy. When the Mavericks are healthy, they're scary, especially with Kyrie Irving into the mix now and Luka Doncic. When you got a healthy Mavericks team, they're definitely a force to be reckoned with. I love the Mavericks tonight, money line at minus 139. The Pelicans have been in horrific form, losing six out of their last seven games. And one of those losses coming to the lowly Orlando Magic, they have not looked good. And now you're going to play a game against, 
a hot Mavericks team with Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving leading the way and really no other injuries that stray me away from playing this type of game. And and there's great value at only minus 139. That's because they're on the road and the Pelicans got a good home record, but they got a good home record because they're not playing. They're not beating good teams at home. So I love the Mavericks in this spot. Mavericks money line minus 139. Oh my God, I can't talk today. Mavericks money line at minus 139. That's my pick for you. Those are my three picks. What's up with this Ja Morant? Dude? Yeah, I mean, listen, Ja Morant, I've always liked Ja Morant. He's Me made too. a big Wasn't he at Duke with Zion? Or no, there was the third guy. Know. Stevenson was with Duke at yeah, Zion. Yeah, he wasn't with, he with wasn't Zion with. at Duke, and Ja was second overall in between them. Something like that. I don't remember what college he played at. I, it I know it if I hear school. it. It was a smaller school. Temple? Or like VCU, maybe? I don't, I don't remember. He went second overall in between the two Duke guys, though. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't play for Duke. I know that. Um, Memphis Grizzlies. I almost said Memphis as if that was his. Oh, it was Murray State. Murray State. I remember him at Murray State. It was because I think that's where Steph Curry played, right? Didn't he go to Murray State? Steph Curry, Murray State? That would be news to me. Steph Curry... Went to was it not Murray State? Hold on, Davidson. Davidson, yeah, that a, that a, a, a different pesky March Madness uh-huh. team. Yeah, like that a team was... that'll never win it all, but they'll like upset Ohio State in the first round or Iowa in the first yeah. round and piss you the h off. Bracket bracket busting type of team. Yeah, John Morant did something stupid. He was like dancing in a somewhere with a gun, and he was like showing off the gun, and that got like. People were like, "Did he forget he's an NBA player?" And like the Grizzlies, like they suspended him two games, and he's like, "I'm gonna take time away from the team to focus on me, try to get better." So it'll probably be longer than two games. So it just came out. What I asked. What came out? Uh, during like the second period, it came out that um, the police will have no repercussions for Morant for what he did after investigation. So he's not in trouble with the law. Well, yeah, he didn't do anything like illegal with. Oh. The- but they investigated to make sure that that right, was the case right. once the Instagram live camera got turned off. Right. But the according to Adrian Wojnarowski, the Woj, the mm-hmm. number one NBA insider in the world, this is breaking news. Ja Morant will remain away from Grizzlies for at least the next four games, according to the team. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, you can't do that if you're an NBA player. You can't do that. Clap, it's just clap, 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 clap. it's just silly. Like, why do you feel the need? I never understood that. Maybe it's because I'm not famous. But, like, these famous people doing stuff like that, like, why do you feel the need to do something like that? Like, it's just for attention. It's just – but it, you don't need the extra attention. And I've also heard that that isn't Morant's character, like, pre-NBA. He's like, not that type of guy. It's, like, it's not like he got to the NBA after a life like that. Like, right. This it's is new. It's weird. Like, yeah. why? Why even like do that in the first place? You're just asking for trouble. And look at. Yeah, I try not to be that grandpa sounding dude, who acts like he wouldn't be a complete d hole if he was handed fifty million dollars at twenty. Because I honestly think I would, I would be of the douchey variety. See, I wouldn't. I would. <laughs> yeah. Well, you say you wouldn't, but Skyler I, makes the point. Fame and money can do weird things to people. 
I don't think I'd be an asshole. I think I'd be more of a helping type. I think I would too now as an adult at 20. I don't know, dude. I was pretty much a dick at 20 and I was poor. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to think about. I get what you're saying. I, I don't think I would either, but I'm not, I'm not ruling it out. I mean, human nature is human nature. I've taken enough psychology and sociology classes in college and high school to know that nobody is above anything. So, yeah. but me and you probably would be like, hey, let's donate some money to charity. <laughs> But I like John Morant, dude. I'm just pissed that this happened. I like him too. I hope He's he my figures favorite players in the NBA. Yeah, I hope he figures it out because he'll I be back. Yeah, he'll be back. And the Grizzlies will be better for it in the long run. Do you think John Morant can lead his team to like a championship? Absolutely. I think the Grizzlies are contenders when they're healthy. They are really, really oh, good. like now even? Yeah. I think if the Grizzlies could get healthy. You know, everything mentally is all there for the team. I think that maybe not this year, but they're right there. I think. This is going to sound like how do you have three sports podcasts and write for five sports websites type of question. What conference are the Grizzlies in? They are in the West. It's not an unfair question because the the West. Okay. The NBA has more teams in the middle of the country than the NHL and the uh, that's the only sport that divides it east and west. Mm-hmm. The NHL is pretty cut and dry. You could tell based on the team. The only teams that if like a non-hockey diehard would ask for, like what conference are the Wild in? What conference are the Blackhawks in Dallas? They're like down the middle. The NBA has a lot of teams on that middle line. Yeah, they're in the west. Okay, that so the west is tough. I do know that about basketball. The west is, the west is best, right? Opposite of hockey. Well, I- you think of the East, you got in the East, you got the Bucks, yeah, who are Bucks. fantastic, the Celtics. Mm-hmm. The Nets were there, and then they kind of fell off. Um, who else? 76ers? Yep, that's the East. What about Miami? Are they not good that's anymore? The East? Yeah, no, I know they're the East. Oh. But I'm talking like, are they good? They're good. They're not contenders, but they're, they're, they're okay. 76ers they're are not contenders? No, they are. The oh. 76ers are pretty good. I thought you said the Heat. I did. Oh. The Heat were contenders like last year, right? Yeah. To me, they just I, – I mean, I've watched a lot of NBA. It's kind of crazy. Like, I flipped on the NBA this past few years, but it's just – I've watched a lot of NBA, and I'd say the Heat aren't as good as people probably think. Like, if you don't watch the NBA, you probably think the Heat are pretty good. It's not bad, but I just don't think they have what it takes to win at all. I mean, in the West, you got the Nuggets. The Nuggets just – they always seem to be great, but they don't have that team to win at all, and it pisses me off because I really like the Nuggets. But they're never there. It's just irritating. Like they got Nikola Jokic and um, Murray. Is he the front runner to win MVP. You know he's won it back to back years. Yeah, this would be a three P. I don't think. I mean, but there are people saying he deserves it this year, and he didn't deserve it the other two. Well, I don't think he really deserved it last year. I don't know about the year before, but I'm kind of surprised he won it last year. I don't know what, how they take into consideration MVP. Has Antetokounmpo won one? I have no idea. I'm going to guess he hasn't. Because yeah, right, right before that, it was I felt like the LeBron James award, which rightfully so, you know, top three player ever, probably second on my list. Oh, Anthony Cooper won in 2020. Oh, okay. So the last time Jokic did it. Right in he won it in 19, too. He won it back-to-back. Oh, okay. Well, maybe someone new will win back-to-back then. 
Derek but, Rose won it in 2011. I know Derek Rose won it. I, I was at an MVP chant game. I've heard MVP chants for three people. Michael Jordan. Four won. people. I was at a Blackhawks game where they chanted it for Kane. He ended up winning it. I was at a Bulls game where they chanted it for Derrick Rose. He won it. They chanted it last year for DeMar DeRozan. He did not win it. And they chanted it for Jack Hughes. And he's Jokic not going to win it. Year, I don't think. You don't think? Well, who's in contention? Ooh, maybe Embiid. Joel Embiid. I, mean, I if wouldn't he's... be surprised. If I think he's, he's the reigning point leader. I think he has the most points per game, I think. I'm not 100% sure. Doesn't well, always go on that, though, because Jokic wasn't the leading point per game leader in his two years. I mean, he only averaged 27.1 points per game last year. That's low for a top player. Yeah. You got guys averaging over 30. That's wild, actually. <laughs> well, that's talking basketball here on Bar Down, talking hockey. We need a little more basketball on this podcast. I'll bring more basketball to the table if you want. I like talking about it. I'll know about all 30 teams by next show if you want. Joel Embiid. I edit edit many Bulls posts. Joel Embiid is averaging 33.5 points per game this year. It's a lot. It's a lot. I wouldn't be surprised. According to Woj, Zion Williamsstring. William String. I combined two <laughs> words. Zion Williamson with a hamstring will miss a minimum of two more weeks. Hey, even a better reason to take the the who did I say? The Mavericks. The Mavericks against are the, Pelicans. the Pelicans. Well, that's our show. Frankie's going to win you a whole bunch of money. Make sure you listen to each and everything he said. Or if you think he's a complete bonehead, bet against everything he said and hey. fade him. I, I'm strong of the opinion, like, fading, if you're afraid, I have no hard feelings against you. Fading's no. a real thing, so. But you got to hope they lose when they fade you. Well, yeah, but, I mean, I don't, It's to me, it's no disrespect. Like, a lot of, fading's a big part in the gambling industry, so. There's only two times I would root against you in gambling. If you bet against the Devils or White Sox, and if, then I hope you lose all your money. Like, put up your damn house. I don't care. <laughs> if it's against the Devils or White Sox, I hope you get killed. And then if you ask my opinion and then go with the opposite anyway, then I, like, really want you to lose your home, your car. Like, this isn't just you. Like, this is anyone. Oh, I know. You ask me my gambling opinion, and if I tell you something and you do the opposite, I hope you get destroyed. I hope the bookie comes to your house and just decides it's his now. So that's how I feel about that. I mean, yeah, I kind of agree with you. <laughs> it's, it's fair. Yeah. It's just fair. So thank you to it everybody in the chat. Tom, Skyler, uh, a couple other people, Paula. Um, very nice to have everybody in here that chimed in today. And, you know, we can't thank you enough for joining along. Frank and I will be back next Wednesday to continue the NHL slash sports slash whatever the H conversation going. And we're very happy that everyone was here with us this week. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. Make sure you read all of my work at the windy city.com puckpros.com black and teal.com southsideshowdown.com and pucks and pitchforks.com where I'm covering the New Jersey devils, every team from Chicago and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Then you could follow Frankie along at apptrigger.com to read more on everything he talked about in Frank's video game corner today. Plus some it's never ending. 
We got plenty of things we're doing all the time. Watching Mandalorian, watching Survivor. That's my weekend. A couple parties that I got to go to. A couple sports that I got to watch. Very much looking forward to it. I hope everybody enjoys. Follow Frankie on Twitter at the King Bean. That's Frank Mueller. Follow me at Vinny Parisi. I'm Vinny Parisi. And as always, thank you for listening. We'll be right back.